What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It is Pro Bowl week. <laughs> Woo! You see Cousins is going? Uh, is he? No, I didn't. Somebody texted me yesterday. I said, where, where, are, where is the Pro Bowl? Orlando? Yeah. Well, well Mahomes is out. Jimmy wasn't in. A bunch of Niners are out. So, yeah, people are uh, dropping like flies. Wow. I saw Xavier, Xavier Rhodes, who is not a Pro Bowl, is in. Someone's like, Xavier Rhodes is this year's Mitch Trubisky. Because Mitch, I forgot, made it last year. It's, uh, I feel like when we were growing up, it used to have a little more validity. Again, just money changes things. Like going to that used to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's like in the NBA, playing hard used to be a big deal. Once you start making $40 million, you start making the rules. You're like, yeah, hey, I don't feel like playing today. Baseball does, a, you know, it's like, yeah, I just feel like doing what I want to do. When you're on like a 10-year contract, it's, it's a nice part about yeah. huge cash. Underrated part about the NFL success is no guarantee contracts. You guys are a little more on edge. That's right. And the you bonuses know, j- all matter. Yeah, just there's a reason like that OTA bonus of 200 grand unless you're Odell Beckham and you kind of have an NBA like shoe deal, you show up. Because do you think LeBron would show up if there was like off-season OTA Lakers? Like, yeah, good luck. Now in fa- in fairness to him, like he might, like he just hoops, but Westbrook wouldn't. Yeah, they're kind of in, they're kind of in shambles. 
Well, uh, the highlight of the NBA to me best was. Back. They got the best backcourt. Without staying clever. Uh, or, or like it's staying clever. Stay up and clever. It's been a long day forever. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched that. I can't even tell you how many times. Play, play that one more time. <laughs> it's been a long day forever. But if you got the best back, they got the best backcourt. Without staying clever. Uh, or, or like it's staying clever. Staying clever. Did you see? Uh, I just saw it got tweeted last night on my timeline. Shaq looked at him. Uh, clear, they were on all day. Like, you know, I think well, it started 15 like, games or something, right? Yeah, 9 a.m. until midnight. By about by about the last game at halftime, which was the Warrior Trailblazer game, which sneaky wasn't that bad, he mouthed, you know, they were talking back and forth, and Ernie started talking, but they kept the camera on Shaq, and Shaq just went, Chuck. And Chuck looks at him, and he said, shut the fuck up. But he didn't say it. He mouthed yeah. it. And it's like, God, these guys are losing it up there. <laughs> Just wanted to get off the air. Just trying to get to the commercial break. Maybe he probably had to pee or go to the bathroom. Was it? Clef and, and Stay? Stay and Clef. Clef <laughs> is the best. Uh, you know, by the way, the um, I got because I, I saw people making fun of him because, like, you know, Shaq thought. They were like, who's Damian Lee? They're going through the roster. He's like, you mean Courtney Lee? Like, no, Courtney Lee was on the Magic four, five years ago. Like, the Warriors are one of the worst teams in the NBA. Like, people around here are getting offended by it. But they might be the guy, worst team in the NBA. Guy, I think so, record-wise they are. Okay, they're the worst team in the NBA. Like, when the Warriors were good and everyone watched TNT, you wouldn't have given two shits if he didn't know who the – who the role players for the Kings or the or the Magic or whoever was shitty at the time, the Charlotte Bobcats, nobody would have cared. Like, that's just, next year you won't be the worst. Next year the Warriors will be good again. But for right now, they don't need to know in your roster inside out because they never talk about that team. They have the worst record in the NBA. For example, the Kings, who are beyond shitty. I mean, the Kings suck. The Kings are currently... again. 15 and 28. 15 and 28. Really bad for a team that's quote unquote has some talent. The Warriors are one, two, three, four, five, six teams below them in the standings at dead last at 10 and 35. So the who's the second worst team right now by record? Hawks, 10 and 34. Okay, so they haven't, the, the number one, they're going to be a race to the top seed, which to me is actually going to, I'll lock in for that, John, the race to the number one pick. Well, not because. The, there's a clear-cut number one, but just because it will make it kind of fun. Uh, I do think people are going to be a little angry like when the Warriors are getting the number two overall pick, right? It's like, that's bullshit. They got, like last night, Draymond had the sniffles, so <laughs> he didn't play. And fucking... and uh, He didn't play Saturday it, either, though, right? Again, with uh, like a funny finger, something weird. like they, And again, I'm as someone tweeted at me, thank you very much, right? I mean, they're... <laughs> This is actively, and I, I, I do think Steve Kerr is uncomfortable with this. If you just watch, and I'm not super locked in, but I just end up watching some of his press conferences. Like, this is everything Steve Kerr stands for as a bas- Like, his core beliefs as a basketball human aren't this. Now, it's a unique circumstance, and he's not the boss. But it's, you can manipulate it, because they are playing hard. Like, that's the one thing, and Strauss tweeted this last night. He's like, I'd rather watch <laughs> backups in the NBA than college basketball. On and national I, I'm like, TV. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like, you do get, like, guys playing their ass off. They're just not as good. 
But the problem is, is that when you play backups and your backups are just clearly like the Warriors backups are bad relative to other backups, you're just going to lose all the time. Like last night, they couldn't have played any better and they lost in overtime to a team that actually is also pretty bad, but they have Damian Lillard. So what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, the Warriors were up like 12 in the fourth quarter, weren't they? 61 points is, I was thinking like last night, when you when we were growing up, like a 50-point game was a really, really big deal. And obviously it was because points were way down. Like it, most games were in the 90s. Now how often, if you're just flipping channels and you just come across an NBA game, if you're like, oh, it's 93 to 87, and there's four minutes left in the third. Like the scoring is just, I think we do this a lot in football with completion percentage and touchdowns. Yeah. The numbers are clearly inflated relative to pre... Like, th- this guy scores X number of points. Well, it's different because the, you score way more points in a game. Right? Right. Like, to me, college basketball has stayed pretty steady. Right? If you're a 20-point scorer in college basketball, that's impressive. Because there's the numbers, you'd know this better than me, but feel like, well, they've always kind of been, give or take, five or six Yeah, points. if you're a 20-point scorer, you probably lead your conference in scoring. Yeah, in the NBA, like I feel like I would imagine if we just pulled up the stats on how many guys are scoring twenty points, or definitely like eighteen plus, it's probably as high in NBA history, right? You just factor in how many points are being scored. Math major here. Like I'll give you an example, guy. I just pulled up fucking who's leading the league in scoring. James Harden is averaging thirty-seven points a game. This isn't this isn't fucking November. We're almost into February. Like he's going to end the season well over thirty. Like there's no way that number ends up at like twenty nine, right? He probably ends up right around 34, 35. That's check NBA history. Isn't that's that what he did high. last year? Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's not to. I mean, your point remains, but well, like why didn't the? Do you know what he scored thirty six a game last year? So yeah, you're right. Like, I wonder how many years in the NBA you get to like the guy, the 50th highest scorer would be 18 points. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, this is who even cares. We're talking like the Super Bowl just ended, not like it's still two weeks away. <laughs> no, it's it's going. Well, it's fresh on your – you start realizing football goes away. There's no money in that football last night. You're just – I know. I watching? I, well, I'm just flipping around. Luckily, like, I, I don't, luckily, I hadn't watched Curb Your Enthusiasm from Sunday yet. Is that good? So, it's really good. <laughs> Jeff, you know his but you've watched the show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've so his buddy Jeff Garland, who's like the, I mean, he's the associate producer, or whatever. Uh, one of the plot lines in the show is that women keep mistaking him for Harvey Weinstein. Does kind of look like him, and it's so funny. Like at a party, someone's like, "You pig! I can't believe anybody would invite you." And then someone's like, "No, no, no, no! Like Betty, that's the host of the party." And then he's like, "Oh my! This keeps happening everywhere." Does he still have that nagging wife? Yeah, same wife. And then Larry gets stuck. Spoiler alert. I mean, the show's yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think a show like that, most people, if they're watching, they've watched in the last 24 hours. Yeah, it's all right. I won't tell. By the time they've good. listened to this, it's Tuesday want, night it's or Wednesday morning. Yeah. I'll let it, let it go. Anyway, this podcast is brought to you by Untuck It. Untuck It. This is what you're wearing to your Super Bowl party, people. Shirts meant to be worn untucked, designed to be worn untucked. Designed to look good, untucked. This is the brand you're looking for. It is the original untucked shirt. We've been wearing them for years. We've been telling you about them for years. Untuckit.com, promo code HAM, 20% off. 
your first order, and free shipping. Yeah, I mean, the first time I ever got sent the shirts, I was like, I like these. I ordered way more. I now, in my Christmas card, I, uh, well, not mine, but my mom, the one she made, I had a red, I had a polo shirt on. It's not just button-ups, even though I have probably five or six button-ups. I have a long-sleeve shirt. They're perfect for everything from wearing to work to going on a date to just hanging with your buddies, watching some football. They're very comfortable. Uh, they, they don't they don't hang to your knees. To me, that's the game changer. They just fit like a normal like t-shirt or a perfectly uh, you know a personally sized shirt. That, that's that to me is the game changer. They look clean. Uh, they're the best. I, I I'm a big fan. Untuckit.com promo code ham twenty percent off on us people. We yep. got you. 50 stores nationwide, one in San run in the city. Cow Hollow, make it a day, hit the marina, whole deal. Um, like John said, free shipping and free returns on all orders in the U.S. So no reason not to uh, give Untucket a shirt, prom- uh, a shot. Give him a shirt, promo code HAM. Podcast also brought to you by Upstart. Get Upstart. rid of that high com, interest yeah. credit card debt, John. Upstart slash HAM. Upstart.com slash HAM. Guy, do you know how much you're paying on your credit cards? Percentage? Ooh. Yeah, I might have to check the well, documents on I, that. I, I checked one time. I was like, whoa, it ain't, it ain't 4 or 5%. No. It's, you know, 18, 19, 20. It's high. Then all of a sudden, you know, if you're doing deals, if you're making things happen, or you're personally going on vacation or whatever, all of a sudden you look, you go, I got a big running balance here. And you realize you can pay it off with our friends at upstart.com slash ham guy at a cheaper rate than you're paying. So you already borrowed the money. So you might as well just take it out somewhere else, pay off that debt, don't pay the huge interest. And the great part about Upstart Guy, it's fast, simple, and easy. Check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull, it doesn't affect your credit score. The hard pull happens if you if you accept the rate. Yeah, no, you the want be- hard pull, bad, soft pull, good. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Guy, free yourself from the burden, the burden of the high interest Debt consolidating everything into one, baby. Monthly payment with our friends at Upstart. Uh, over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. They uh, know that uh, you are more than just your credit score, so they reward you based on education, job history. Get you a smarter rate. See why Upstart's number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. Heard upstart.com slash ham to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. Soft pull. That's upstart.com slash ham. Let's do it. All right. Uh, you know what? I thought we would start on a topic that we wouldn't normally start with. But this, to me, is the overarching umbrella. This will set the stage. Hopefully, Joe Montana will be flipping the coin at the Super Bowl, John, in addition to doing everything else he does. He tweeted, presumably from his home over on uh, over across from the marina, a photo of his Chiefs and Niners jerseys. Side by side, getting equal pretty cool with home. the pants and the framing. Like it looked good. Uh, the replies to that tweet are funny, and w- the third or fourth replies like, "Hey man, w- why don't you iron that gear up?" <laughs> People are so dumb. Like, it looks good. Like leave him alone. Um, so a couple questions here. One, are you offended? As a Niner fan that you are, and and two, uh, do you really believe Joe is pulling equally for the Niners and the Chiefs? Uh, I, I don't, but I also think this. I can relate. I grew up like any diehard sports kid. I chose it, to, it chose it to be my life and my profession. I was as big of a 49er fan as you would meet in my youth. Single digits up to my 
junior high to my teens. As you got into college, and then it just went right into football, I lost it. And I am nowhere near what I once was. I really don't. I don't I don't own a jersey. I wouldn't fucking buy a hat. I don't give a shit on that level. I have no problem with the people that do. Obviously, you guys listen to this podcast. I want the Niners to do well. It impacts my business. But my days as a true fan have kind of changed. Now, I've known Adam Peters for a decade. I've got to know a lot of people there. I've got to know some of their players. I, I root for them just on a personal level of just people I like. No different than like, why do I factor in the Bears? Well, I know Matt Nagy. Why do I, you know, Andy Reid hired me. Like you just, the older you get, you just change a little bit when you work in this business. It just naturally happens. Well, Joe Montana, two things. Once upon a time was traded from the 49ers. Traded. Literally worked in the fucking business. Played. Like he was a player in this business. Traded away. But here's the thing. You and I were lucky enough, might be strong, but when the Super Bowl came here, we went to Radio Row and hosted shows. (laughs) And it's the ultimate shit show. And everyone cashes in. Like, there'll be random players there, right? Like, the McCourty brothers will be there pushing something. Anyone that's played in a Super Bowl or famous NFL player. Remember last year, like, Mahomes was there. It's just Baker Mayfield a couple years ago. Players will be there everywhere. But the guys that really, really stand out are people that had their famous from the Super Bowl or just this, the highest level of fame players. Like To me, the guy that really stands out of the guys we interviewed was Dan Marino. Now, he was a little edgy with us, but he was probably the most famous guy or easily one of them in there. Well, Joe Montana trumps Dan Marino. And Dan Marino cashes in. And he think, I was thinking about this the other day. This is going to be a big week for Dan Marino, right, in Miami. Like, mm-hmm. he's just going to be a hot topic. But who would you say the number one guest, the number fucking one guest, not like that is playing or coaching for the 49ers or Chiefs right now, is going to be this week? Joe. So who has the most money, and he's notorious for being like, you kind of got to pay him to do stuff to gain. You don't, you don't now, get that house out there. You don't get that house out there by Chrissy Field for doing everything for free. Well, one hundred percent. I don't blame Joe. This is all fucking a business. That, this this notion of like, well, Jerry's just doing it for free. Yeah, maybe Jerry has ulterior motives. Here's what I do know: if Joe just went like, now you could argue if he went scorched earth on one of the franchises, it may make him even more polarizing. But I think if he plays it down the middle, you don't you don't think that matters? No, no. I say it's not. It's not Joe's. Not that guy anyway. Well, well exactly. But I'm just trying to think like. He's doing this knowing that every person talking about this game, like, he's the number one target. And what does that mean? He's the number one moneymaker. And Joe's going to make, I would imagine, for a guy that makes a lot of money this week for the last two decades, this might be his most profitable one in a long time, right? Because if you were a company, I would would say, Joe, who's paying you? Well, can I double that to get you this week? Because you're going to be everywhere. Not even everywhere. Like you're gonna pick your spots. Like go on the main shows, which you always would. But that might be a two segment with Joe Montana this time. Like because we are talking about the Niners, which he lives here. He's watched them. I I, I just think that if you don't get this, and I I understand why fans wouldn't. Because I I was driving, listening to the radio, fans calling in, pissed off, saw some Twitter. Like this is bullshit. And I get it if you're a Niner guy, and especially an older Niner fan. Like what the fuck? But it's just it's just business. It's this. As I once tweeted to a GM that thought I was being mean to him, I said, this ain't personal, man. It's just business. 
And this is the ultimate when it comes to Joe Montana. This ain't personal. He's trying to make that money, and I don't blame him at all. So former GM. Um, former GM. I'm very <laughs> mad. I, I also just wanted to use that line. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I like that. So once you trade a guy, even if that's just business too, you lose the right to that player's loyalty and perpetuity no matter what. But I don't think the net 49ers are saying that. It's no, they're fans. not. They actually replied to the tweet with a picture of Joe winking. But I'm just saying. Oh, as they a did? Fan, yeah. But as a fan base, the whole thing. Just like once you trade a guy, even if he's old, even if it's clear everyone would have moved on, even if you have Steve, you just open the door for some animosity, which would qualify, I think, as legitimate animosity. And I don't think this is even about animosity. It's It's not. I think yeah. it's purely about business, guy. Yeah, and, and honestly, I don't know how much extra he really gains in t- just because he was a chief, but just the idea that it gets branded as the Joe Montana Super Bowl, which is how people are kind of talking about it. Uh, I say people, some people. The fact is... Don't, don't you think maybe his agent or financials had do something like this early on? Well, you're right. I think it's branded as the Joe Montana Bowl. Yeah, I... I uh, right or wrong? The, yeah, I mean, it's it's more of a tongue-in-cheek thing, right? Nobody actually views Joe as a Niner and a Chief. Like, anyone who follows the game doesn't view him as, as equally both, right? If he went into the Hall of Fame and you had to wear a hat, there would not be any debate about how he goes into the Hall of Fame. But he also didn't go to the Chiefs and just... I mean, he took him to the playoffs. Yeah, right? what a division. Yeah. <laughs> like, he didn't go to the Chiefs to just fizzle out. Um wasn't Willie Mays with a mess. And I no, and I echo what you said about fandom. Like I for my sixth birthday, I got a Joe Montana whole set. The helmet, the shoulder pads, the jersey, the pants. Also got a Conseco. Um but as the years went on, I also but then years later I got a Montana Chiefs jersey. Because I was I just I wasn't buying jerseys. I had a I had a Marino jersey, I had a Montana Chiefs jersey, I had a Steve Young jersey, I had a Shaq, a Penny Hardaway jersey, Magic. I just liked players more than and that's long gone. Like somebody asked me the other day, aren't you so fired up for the Niners to go to the Super Bowl? I'm like, honestly, the only thing I, re- it was good for podcast business. It was good because I watched those games. But when the Raiders were good, I was just as happy to see their success because that was good for business too. So it's not even about that. And Joe's, Joe hasn't strapped it on for the 49ers in a long time. Joe isn't around the stadium to the degree that even Steve is, right? Joe doesn't do weekly radio hits with Tom Tolbert. Like Joe... Steve's career ended for the Niners, though. Steve's career is the Niners. Well, yeah, no one remembers but no, no, Tampa. But, but, I'm, but past that, I'm just saying Joe's not in it every day. Yeah. As a, like Steve's just around the Monday Night Football. He's been in a bunch of Niner games. He's just around the Niners. It's easy for that. Now, Joe lives here. We Joe were likes young, it. We, but you we don't see young. Joe run around in logos, right? Joe wears a black yeah. button-up. We were young. I, I, I think Joe tried and it didn't work out well. Remember? He was bad on TV. I, I don't remember watching the broadcast, but I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember it. <laughs> I don't either. But, but that's anyway, just not like your personality. I yeah, I, I'm with you. It I, doesn't I, change what he was or who he was. And, and I, I guess my point is, at the end of the day, even if it was Niners-Titans, I don't think Joe Montana would be sitting on his couch fucking waving his flag, putting on his jersey, pounding his fist on the table, and living and dying. I just have never gotten the sense that he lives and die with it. He doesn't live and die with the Niners. So, Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. The one team that I'm probably true that I, I feel emotionally kind of – I get fanboy a little with, and it's actually more negative because they're kind of an embarrassment right now, would be the San Francisco Giants. But to me, this sums up my fandom. Like, I actually enjoy watching the Dodgers. 
Like, they entertain me. They have a bunch of good young players. I like Clayton Kershaw. One time, I think it was when we were going out before he got married, and Papa and Flannery came out with us, and we were drinking. And I vividly remember BSing with Flannery over drinks. Like, what do you guys think of Kershaw? And he's like, we fucking love him. Bo- he's like Bochy's favorite player. And I'm like, yeah, I fucking love the guy too. And it's like, at most night, are like, I hate the Dodgers. Like, I don't think like that. Now, again, I'm a unique sports fan. I but, watch more sports than probably anybody, but I it's would, just, you change as you get yeah. older. If, when you work in this, I, I get it. Like, if it's separate, it's why I'm always cognizant of like, media people talk way too much about politics. Most fans are coming to sports casually just for a little entertainment. Just, you guys, you can't force all this shit on people. They just, they're coming like every shut up and dribble. Well, yeah, they, I get why everyone's up in arms, but people are coming to They just want to watch basketball. Well, here's my thing, they, John. They don't need to get a soliloquy from LeBron or Steve Kerr on how they much they should pay in taxes. Like they, if they wanted that, they would flip it on a news channel. They just want to watch that. It's why the NFL desperately tried to get away from it because they all they just thinking about it like business. And I once you work in this, you get a little Michael Jordan. Like, yeah, just I'll do whatever. Is for the masses to like our shit, and I want more people to listen to our podcast so we can sell higher rates. And because I like talking about this stuff, but I'm just I'm different than I was when I was younger, and I haven't been like that in a long time. Well, and, but that's not to not. A, I know this is the the hardcore sports fan. The person that roots for a team is what drives everything. One hundred. Right? I love them. Buy they, the they are buy the hats. Listen to me and you. Key is really buy the hat. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, Life's too short to watch bad t- Like, I don't, I am the last person that will get mad at a fan who doesn't, well, you guys got to show up when we're bad. No, we don't. No, we don't. Buddy healed. They, how they love you, then they hate you. Yeah, if you suck, they're paying money to be there. So, and it's not $35 a ticket either. So, yeah, I mean, sorry. It's part of the deal everyone signs up for. You make millions and they get to not show up if it sucks. You don't. That's part of the deal. That's part of the deal. So, when nobody shows up when the team sucks, that is there. It is not the fans' job to make the team good. It's the team's job to be good so the fan shows up. And so that's my sports philosophy. You like the Dodgers because they're good. Life's too short to watch. I'm not going to sit around and watch shitty teams. We'll start talking about the fucking Dolphins if they're 16 and 0. Like, yeah, but I I also think that it is a little unique for this market where the animosity and the hatred. Like, the Eagles. Like, they hate the Cowboys if you're an Eagle fan. And it's just kind of built in and bred. Like, the Niners' rival right now is Seattle. And you and I have talked about this before. I think most Niner fans, which tend to be a little more casual, uh, even, like, big ones, they'd go, yeah, I love watching Russell Wilson. Right? Where I don't think, if you were a Cowboy, you're like, fuck Dak. It's just, it's different a little out here as well. Right? Because I think if you went to most Niner fans right now, it's very difficult for them to even manipulate hate toward Mahomes. Like, you know, I'll be honest with you, I fucking love that guy. Because who doesn't? I mean, you'd, be, you'd have to be on drugs to not be like, God, Patrick Mahomes is just sweet. <laughs> if you put Patrick Mahomes on every Sunday night football, I'd be good. If you're like, oh, the Chiefs, what's their schedule this year? They haven't said it yet, but they're going to give them every primetime Sunday night game. You're like, all right, cool, I'm in. And if, if Mahomes gets hurt, they'll flex him out. But they're, they're set. 16 straight weeks. They miss skip one week for the bye, and that'll be the Cowboy game. Right. We got, I, I, okay, I understand. And that's where I think this week or next week, which is going to be, it's actually to me only going to get worse, right? 
just the more media, the more different avenues, you're going to see more players than ever there this year, or at least kind of hear them just because there's so many avenues to hear it. And Joe, of them all, just has more, especially in this Super Bowl, in this Super Bowl, just has the most to me to gain financially. And this is a, he's going to gain financially from this week anyway, so I I commend him. I think it's smart business. And and most people listening right now work in some, unless you're like a teacher or something, work something in business. Like you can't, if you can put your, put on your money hat, it's understandable. And like you said, he did get traded from here. It's not like he got, it's not like he went out Bruce Bochy style, like I'm a giant for life type deal. Maybe he maybe loved Lamar Hunt. I was, somebody wrote a story about how Lamar used to like deliver drinks to the players on the plane. Like Lamar would go around and give out drinks. Well, guy, I say this all the time. Like, why? I don't know who I'm going to end up picking or rooting for. I know it's just hard for me to root against Andy Reid. Like, if I I knew Kyle Shanahan personally, I'd probably like him because he seems like a great guy. I've casually met him, but never anything seriously. Put yourself in a situation in anything in life when you know someone, regardless of what they do. Like, let's just say you happen to know a singer. You know, just someone knows like a singer. You're like, uh, I'm friends with Dirks Bentley. Let's just, I'm just randomly picking. No, go him. with Chase Rice because of what's happening next week on The Bachelor. Okay, let's go. Let's go. But I just, I want to go a guy a little more famous. Okay. Like, you know, Dirks, I don't even know if that's a good one, but like Jason Aldean or fucking uh, Justin Bieber or whatever. And you just like him. You obviously just root for their success. It's just when you know someone, it's easy to root for their success, especially if you knew them. And they're just nice. If if people treat you well, how often do you meet someone that you like and you're like, yeah, I'm happy for when things go well in that guy's life or that girl's life. Just human nature. Mm -hmm. So like you said, like what if Joe's, you know, uh, time in Kansas City, I'm sure he's gone on record before. I don't know that, but it it didn't go bad. Like if he really liked the owner and had a good time, like it was a positive experience in the guy's life. What if that franchise means? Like, he has a personal connection to that franchise. The fucking Niners, like you said, sent him there. He didn't like, you know, I want to be a cheat. You guys fucking traded him there. Bill yeah. fucking Walsh did. You don't, you don't get to complain if they oh. end up liking it. But I also think then you factor in, like, he's not just randomly doing this. There's a lot of money on the line. When you figure that out, you're like, okay, it makes sense. And I, I actually think, luckily, we have a lot of smart listeners. It's pretty understandable, right? <laughs> Uh, all right, John. The uh, the Super Bowl. I'm uh, as we're doing this. I've 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 had. I started a little earlier this morning before we started talking, but watching Kyle Shanahan's last Super Bowl appearance, I thought it was really interesting. Did you see his post game conversation just in the locker room after the NFC Championship game? Kind of his speech to the team. Yeah, like we're getting to work tomorrow. Yeah, it was pretty straightforward. Um. None of the guys booed or anything. I guess it's, well, well, you just have to wear it when you go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. he. Uh, but one of the things he said is, hey, like tomorrow, this week is when you do your best work. Because once we get there, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of shit going on. This week is the week where we got it. Like it starts to, tomorrow where we start putting the work in that matters, that wins us the Super Bowl. And I was just watching it thinking like. Kind of unique for a first-time head coach to be well, able to kind of just it, drop that. Yeah, but. It's like the Niners aren't a unique – they have a unique personnel in that their quarterback has never played in a Super Bowl, but he's been to, th- what, three? One th- – been to three, right, Yeah, this is, this is one three. 
Oh, this is his third. He's one two. That's right. He's one two. He's one two. Yeah. Six and then, years in the NFL, guy. Been three. Not and bad. then Kyle, Kyle's had the experience of knowing what it takes to prepare for the Super Bowl. It's just yeah. it's unique. Like, and obviously McVay went last year, and that was unique for him. But um, Kyle was the offensive prepared for Bill Belichick. He didn't just prepare. He prepared for Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. That's who he prepared for. So the Niners are pretty lucky that the guy they've got just did this, even though he wasn't the head coach. I think um, for a guy who's, as a head coach, seemingly doing a lot of things for the first time and is obviously on the ascension of his head coaching career, he uh, his word carries a lot of weight when it comes to Super Bowl preparation from that standpoint. Well, don't you think one of the big storylines – once the once the team gets there and the in the media days and everything is going to be the twenty eight to three like that's going to come up a lot yeah because he wasn't just like on the staff he was the guy almost feels responsible for and got a lot of blame even after the fact uh I, I he mentioned it in his press conference I think Kawakami was asking about it like how much did he have to go back into the lab did he have to look in the mirror. And like, did he have to train, change his philosophy? And he's like, I really just look back, there were two plays. It's like any game. It was a play here, a play there. Now he's like, big picture, it, it does affect me. For example, he's like, when we were playing the Packers two days ago and we were up 25 points, I, I never, ever feel the game's over. I'm always freaking because I've, I've lived it. And it was probably, he might tell you, it was even before that ever happened. You just... You coach in the NFL long enough, you're going to see some crazy shit happen. Like, just random games like week four, where you're up like 30, then all of a sudden you lose. And that's most coaches I do think are pretty consistent. Like, you don't usually see head coaches celebrating ever, right, until the clock hits double zero. But the funny part about that game was he's like, you know, we, we did some pretty good things that year. I don't know if you guys remember, but we were the one of the historic offenses in the history of the league. He's like, it wasn't like... We were some shit operation that fucked up. Like, yeah, yeah and it's not like their shit didn't suddenly work in the playoffs too, right? Yeah, like you, like you said, they busted off the first run of the game was like thirty five yards. Yeah, I just because I was thinking like, is Kyle going to come out running the ball? Or is he going to is he going to do what we think maybe is not what his core would be? Which is, is he going to come out throwing on that first drive with Jimmy? Do you think he has any ghosts to shake? Like, because no, I don't. When you look at the Chiefs, they've spotted their last two opponents. 34 combined points and came back and won both games by double digits. So you'd say their philosophy, like they've came storming back. If the Niners, and the Niners have had huge leads now in back-to-back weeks. They've established big leads early in games. It, it is kind of setting up for it to be a possibility again, just because the way the Chiefs play, a little more difficult, I mean a lot more difficult in theory against the Niners' defense. But you went like, let's just say hypothetically, it happens maybe not twenty eight to three, but let's say it was like twenty to seven, and they were to lose, right? Because the, the Niners have the Niners have won games. He would, I if he's up twenty to seven in the Super Bowl and loses. Well, 20, 20 to seven is twenty eight to three to me is on another level than twenty to seven, right? Yeah, because is it's, it twenty it's, to seven in the second quarter, or is it twenty to seven like going into the fourth? Well, think about what 28-3 to is. It's a 25-point lead, so you do the math. If you get three touchdowns and three two-point conversions, you're still down a point. So it's a four-score game. And that you, wasn't the second-quarter score. Like, the Chief, you know, that was the third. There was, it was eight. That was going, it was going to the fourth quarter, right? Well, it was, the, I, I'm, I just saw the touchdown, actually. They scored on a swing pass to Tevin Coleman. It was 8-33 remaining 
in the third quarter. Gotcha. 8-31. So they had a commanding lead in the second half. Like, yeah, deep into the second. It's fairly I, deep into the second half. And it's, you know, as time goes on, you kind of hit or miss of things you remember in certain games. I vividly remember watching that going, the Patriots are going to lose this game like 50-7 to or 50-10. to Like, <laughs> yeah. it was just like, this is a joke. Because it was like, remember when Seattle played Denver and it was the biggest blowout? And you're like, this is just, this sucks. But it would be the equivalent of, in that game, you kind of fell asleep by the second half because it was legitimately I over. I remember being, like, bored. That game, they came storming back. They, that's wild. I, yeah, I don't think he has anything to shake either. But I mean, if I, they, it, but but if they are up twenty four to three and lose the game, that's a different animal, then, right? Yeah. By the way, they just so it's twenty eight to three. They just cut to the booth, and Arthur Blank and Thomas Dimitrov are there. Arthur Blank is just like going nuts. Dimitrov looks nervous as shit. Like when they show Dimitrov, he's standing next to Blank. Blank he's is doing like this double fist pump. Dimitrov is not celebrating. Yeah, this game probably even more than most playoff games has a pretty consistent feel of getting weird, right? Because to me, it's a double whammy. It's just, you're, you got the best team. So you have to do sometimes outside of the box thinking going into the game. Like you probably just have more trick plays ready. And then it's just the ultimate, just kitchen sink game. You, you ain't saving anything. Like there is no, well, let's, we don't need this. Save it for next week. It's just like, fuck it, run it. Also, there is just how many times? How many? How many times are there just fuck it, run it? Said in a Super Bowl, right? When you're like, do you want to do it now? Yes, R- let it roll. It, it happens all the time because you think of some of the crazy things that happen in Super Bowls: the onside kicks, the double passes. You just remember in Brady against the Eagles when he missed it, and then the Eagles ran one. You just you're you're. It's the ultimate kitchen sink game. It, it truly is, and it's why usually it's remembered also because they tend to be somewhat closer. Right? They're just not as many blowouts in our lifetime. You just also have the element of everybody is watching. Nervous. Like the fans the or players. The teams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you were a coach this week, there's just a lot of unrest, right? You just know the magnet. And there is, I think, in the playoffs, the, the pressure and everything. But now you're like, this is the what's the granddaddy? Oh, the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy yeah. of them all. This is the granddaddy of them. So when you're getting ready all week, there's an excitement. And I, I mean, I can't relate, but there has to be like, well, what if we do this and they do this or they do this and we do that. It's just a lot of, and then you got the extra week to think. That's why Kyle is right. We just got to approach like a normal week, set the game plan, but no, then we got all week to tweak. And that where, you know, I, I think McDaniels has definitely talked about putting in things before game on like Saturday night because you, you just go over it all week, all week long normally. And then you just kind of do soft runs of just light practices all week in Miami. And you just keep seeing things. But I, I'd also imagine there's a lot of overthinking going on right now. And it's just a lot of paralysis by analysis on both sides because both sides you'd say are it's a high thinking operation for both sides. Like they do a lot of innovative stuff. And when you do innovative stuff against other innovators, you feel pressure to out innovate. It almost yeah. feels like, yeah. Um, who's I, more likely to run a trick play in this game? Both teams. I mean, if, if I had to say I'm more likely, I, I just put Andy at the top of that list, but 
Kyle's run a bunch of them. Yeah. I, but both of them do a lot of just natural, like, end-around double reverses. Like, it's just like a staple that are on Like, oh, that's a double double pass, swing uh, flip. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. But it looks kind of normal, right? When you're doing it to, like, that's a double pass to Tom Brady, and then he stumbles, you're like, ah, oh, it looks kind of weird. D- d- does a, does a, I'll give you one. Let's do a little early prop. Does either quarterback catch a pass? Because doesn't that feel like a staple of a Super Bowl? A quarterback catches a pass, or is that just something recent? Yeah, so who can throw it? Like, for the Chiefs, can they have somebody that can throw the ball? Has Mahomes I'd caught to, a pass? I'd have to text someone. It doesn't feel like, why would you not want Like, Mahomes they don't have, like, an Edelman. But yeah, I didn't know that Trey Burton, or whatever his name is, could throw either. But he didn't have to throw it that far. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders has proven he's got a good arm. Yeah. Right? Yep. I feel like, like after Philly, Philly, it's too obvious. <laughs> you almost have to throw it to like an eligible tight end out of the backfield, fullback, something. Can you check throw? That's a good question. I don't know. One of the run can Breda, one of those guys. Breda's a surfer. I bet he can throw. It, I thought Cole, I thought uh, Moser was a surfer. Oh, sorry. Moser's the surfer. Skateboarder. Doesn't he do the surfing thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. It's, it's yeah, Moser. It's, it's Moser. Sorry, Breda. But I think Breed has kind of got a stay over here, buddy. You're like I was a cheetah, but I don't. I'm the cheetah. I I did see someone tweeted that Dante Pettis, who has been active for both games the last two weeks, has not played one snap. Special teams award and and it might have been like Josh Duval. Like that is a pretty big. Like that's hard to do once you get to this level. Just not be like, well, we're just gonna put you on kick. Like you just play a little. You just can't, he does not play, so they they have a couple guys on their team that just don't do anything, which is kind of rare, because you would just make him inactive. But they clearly don't have anyone else at the inactive that they think, if they did get into a super pinch, maybe they go well. At least this guy could function in our offense. Mm-hmm. But we are n- under no circumstances. If we Richie can James can't plays. get a return in something like that. It's pretty nuts how fast Dante Pettis is just like it's his nine career is just over, I feel the, like. Yeah, and the crazy part to me is that it doesn't go out with him it's it didn't even get to the point where it was like, well, at least let's use him on returns. Because Richie James is good. Like, do you are you pretty confident that he's just the the 49ers have traded Dante Pettis to the Eagles for a six round pick or something like yeah. that? Yeah. It just, I'd be shell shocked. Because if you're a team like, or the. I didn't feel that way week eight, but I do now. Yeah, how's he back? It's an easy one. Just bite the bullet, give him away. And if you're a team, like, there are a bunch of teams, like the Jets. Hey, we like this guy coming out. Joe Douglas liked him. We'll take him for a sixth. Adam Gase liked him. He's going to have a market because he's not that far away from his, his rookie year, right when he was coming out. And the great part about a guy like him is. Don't, I'm never shocked when all of a sudden it's like, damn, did you, you know, I'm texting you on like week three, 2020. You see Sam Darnold just hit Dante Pettis, 70-yard bomb? Or like he either semi-resurrects it or it's just like he's out of the league in a year, which you'd pr- I don't really have a take because it's just – I think you see a lot of guys go both ways. It's You see it a lot. A guy goes to another place and resurrects himself. The one thing you'd say for the Niners – is you've seen like the AJ Jenkins. Sometimes you just whiff. Like we always say with resurrection, John, you got to be erected first. Do you think he has the blood flow to get erected? Well, I just you had he hasn't been. There's no resurrect. I mean, resurrect what the draft status? Yeah. Anyway, what he was is, in college. Yeah. 
But the point is, like, I think this, this is for like uh, August third. <laughs> yeah, maybe May. Uh, yeah, from, it could be just a new league year when he gets traded. From a so. Kyle standpoint, I a part of me kind of from hit. I asked you this earlier. Do you think Kyle Shanahan would rather coach against Andy Reid or Bill Belichick? Like, and here's here's the thing. Here's let me just give you the background. I don't know. I don't know if coaches really think like that. But I well, don't know. I think you and I do, and front offices do. I don't know if coaches get too worked up on the, that. Shit. The reason I bring it up is when you coach against Bill, you it's when you're in you're in control against the thing that he's in control of. When you coach against Andy, you're not really in control of the thing. It's not you your mind against Andy's mind. It's Andy's mind against Robert Sala or Eric Bieniemy and Sala. Kyle does have the monitors though in the room, so he does watch everything that goes on with the defense. Did you read that article that Tim wrote? No. Wait, say that again. Kawakami wrote that Kyle Shanahan sets up cameras, has the whole time they've been there. He can watch from his office every meeting room and audio. Oh, and, so oh like, wow. He, he can press a button and boom, be in solid. Damn, fucking Putin. Now, he said two things. That. One is that his dad did it. So he's like, I, I didn't come up with this idea. My dad did. Now, I don't know if he's – I'd have to text around. I, I don't know if that's normal protocol. Uh, I would say probably not. Now, Robert Sala also was like in the article was on record and going, yeah, I think if you're like, I understand. Why wouldn't he want, like he's he wants to know what we're teaching. So it's not that crazy. And the one thing Kyle said, you're, you can turn it off. Like he's like, I know if it's turned off, like maybe they're talking about something personal. Like I'm not. Oh, from I'm, the room, you can turn it off. Yeah, you can press a button. Like if, if you're you Robert. To, Robert Sala or the DB coach and the guy's telling you about like his, some story that you just don't, it's not abnormal. But when you're teaching the game plan or installing something, and Kyle Kyle had a good point. He's like, I, when I was doing it for my dad, or I think Kubiak did it too, I wanted it on. Because he's like, sometimes, think about like teachers. You know, when uh, when you were in like elementary school and they're being judged by the principal or whatever and the, and the principal does like a rolling goes to every class and you feel like, guys, is the teacher giving a little more effort today? And he's like <laughs> screaming at me. He's like, you if the coach comes in and you're like yelling that day, he thinks, is this guy being a fraud or are you just being normal? He's like, you can just be consistent. Like you just be you and be comfortable. Like, and you get to show the head guy. It's not like Kyle's moving through coaches. So there's clear trust. But it was when I read it, I was like, damn, that's... It's pretty intense because clearly the players and coaches know it. There's no like, there's no bad mouth in the head coach, right? Like, fuck, Kyle, Jesus. <laughs> Whoa, uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle Williams, the uh, former return man. Wait, that's Kyle Williams. <laughs> you know, fuck. I mean, that's, it'd be a problem for me because I'm just a talker. And hell, I mean, it may or may not have been at the last place you and I both work together uh, a bad mouthing to a guy that turned out to be a mole yeah you picked probably, the wrong guy yeah <laughs> and I think you went th- you went you went full like investigative you were like man that guy's an idiot don't you think I didn't say do anything re- do you remember his response uh, I remember it being very tepid I remember thinking like uh, I don't did know you, if this is the guy to talk to did you know when I said it did that I should never have said it to him. I remember feeling like I was gonna not in, not in, uh, jump into the fun with that person. Yeah, but I also remember 
that studio we were in as a side studio where we were talking, I remember many times feeling like that studio's audio might go somewhere else. Do you think it did? Uh, I don't. You know, even if it did, you'd have to like go back and listen to a bunch of audio. So probably not. Yeah, and that person probably wasn't capable of doing it. But just life lesson to people listening at work, and most humans know this after you're in a job for a while, because it's easy to get comfortable in a situation, just always be careful who you're talking to. It's just, but it is very easy to get comfortable in any situation, right? Yep. Unless it's fucking Belichick. You're just like always on your toes. But most offices, even if it is like a high-achieving office, once you have a little success, you just... You got some thought. You got some takes. Yeah, let your guard down. Let's a start bit. a podcast. All of a sudden, it's sure off. Bring your bring your badge, your books, and uh, we'll walk you to the door. <laughs> yeah. See you, guy. All right. Before we move forward, John. Speaking of jobs, you know this is what's really critical here: is having the right people in the right places to um, to make your company grow, to make your company succeed. That's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in to play. LinkedIn.com. Slash ham. LinkedIn jobs. Hire the right people. LinkedIn.com slash ham. Here's the thing, guy. LinkedIn jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates. You mentioned this earlier this week on this ad. They don't just find people looking for jobs. They find people that don't even know they want a job. So they're searching the best of the best candidates, guy. It's no wonder... Think about this. A person is hired every eight seconds on LinkedIn. Every eight seconds. It's a lot of hirings. Economy's booming. That's pretty incredible, John. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day about somebody, the company they work for, they hired somebody within three days. And it was like a friend of an executive, within, which is how the person got the job. He told me within three, this person ended up getting fired like eight months later and there was a lawsuit. (laughs) He said within three days, I knew this was not the person. He's like, my boss went to his boss and said, this is something's bad here. And his boss told him, just basically stay in your lane. Well, that you're not going to have that happen with LinkedIn jobs. You're not going to have that happen with LinkedIn jobs. Find the right nepotism. No, unless you're unless you're being nepotized, unless you're nepotizing Kyle Shanahan. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs, where you can pay what you want. Get the first fifty dollars off when you go to LinkedIn.com/ham. That's right, LinkedIn.com/ham. Terms and conditions apply. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie.ag promo code Ham One. MyBookie.ag promo code Ham One. The fastest payouts, best promotions. Helpful 24-7 customer service. They've also got post-football ready for you with everything from the NBA to the Premier League. But we got one more football game. At last check, it was one and a half. Has the line moved in the last uh, 48 hours, John? Well, I I think maybe next week we'll just do a couple segments on the props. But maybe as we get closer, I'll just just sprinkle something in. We, We know the lines, plus one and a half right now, the Niners. Yesterday it was plus 100, so basically one to one. Bet 100, win 100. Today it was plus 105, so it keeps kind of going up. Shows you the money is kind of, A lot of people are betting the Chiefs here, guy. Mm. How about this? Let's just keep it the most famous betting prop beside, I'd say, the national anthem would be Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowl MVP. Yep. And is it fair to say if you are going to bet on the Chiefs to win the game, 
you would be smart to take Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP? Yep. If you're going to bet on the Niners to win the game, it gets a little more difficult. Right? How about this? Yes. Nick Bosa, 17 to 1. Let's make his case. How could, well, if he has two and a half sacks and ends up with like a fumble, it's not inconceivable that Nick Bosa is the 49ers MVP, right? Just because he could have a stat line if the game is somewhat low scoring and the Niners dominate running the ball. You could see it, or, or is that crazy? So. I think we'd be hard pressed to have a Niners defensive lineman be the MVP of the if it's a defensive player, because I think sacking Patrick Mahomes is not going to be. That's just that's for, it's hard, right? He can move, but you made a good. You said eighteen to one, and we're talking about one of the best defense. The NFL's rookie of the year is eighteen to one. You just bet on a great player. You could argue that bet on a great player. Okay, how about I this? would say like is it does Fred Warner end up with a pick and like twelve tackles, something like that. Well, when I was thinking pick, now I'm going to go back to the Chiefs. Who can throw some picks? <laughs> That'd be our man Jimmy. Well, the Honey Badger, who has been playing incredible, who's dropped some picks the last couple playoff games, what if the Honey Badger has two picks? And Mahomes, it's just one of those games where they get in certain situations like the two-yard line and some of their touchdowns are running it. and Or maybe they do like pitch passes or something. So, but, but Honey Badger has... Eight tackles, two picks, and one of them is a pick six. I feel very strongly about this. I think that's a great call because I think there's two ways. Seventy-five the to one, Bowl. guy. That's, uh, so, so there's two people that could be either somebody gets. Here's how the Chiefs win the Super Bowl: Jimmy throws picks, or Patrick Mahomes is historic, and maybe both things happen. Well, but Patrick, Patrick but Mahomes he has the is best great. Odds. Yeah, so he's he, one but I'm one. just saying how they win the Super Bowl. He might be great, and his great just beats the Niners great, right? Like unlike some of the other teams they've played. The Chiefs' A game might beat the Niners' A game, whereas yes. we felt like the Niners' B game could beat some other people's A games. Or the Niners don't roll out with their A game, and that is specifically interceptions. I don't. The Chiefs are not stopping their run. And the Niners are going to think they can throw on the Chiefs, as they should. So maybe there's a, th- those, to me, are the two ways the Chiefs win, and that is Mahomes or a DB for the Chiefs. Those are your two Chiefs MVP possibilities. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. I, again, guy, I, this... Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, seventy-five to one. I, I'm gonna put a hundred dollars on that. I mean, I just think that that's, that's just kind of unique. Or may, hell, maybe even fifty. I mean, you put fifty, you win thirty-two fifty. Like that's just, it's kind of unique. I'll, I'll give you another one. Because if if you're gonna do the Chiefs, like they do have like Tyree Kill or Kelsey, one of those two guys could have two or three touchdowns, right? What would it take for one of those two guys if it's all passing oh, yeah, touchdowns? To take Mahomes shine away. That they that that one guy catches all of them, like f- catches three or four of them. So you think if Mahomes throws four touchdowns and Tyreek Hill catches them all, he would be the MVP over Mahomes? No, I don't. But I'm just if you're asking but, what but, would it but, take. But, but okay, let's say Mahomes is twenty five of thirty four, three bills, four touchdowns. Tyreek Hill is Eleven catches, one hundred and eighty yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, like are they swing? Pa- are they like quick passes that he takes off and does some crazy shit with? Right? Yeah, or does they- he return a punt? What the touchdowns look like then? What the throws look like then? Because it, it would be hard for Kelsey. Let's say he has three touchdowns, like he has the last couple weeks. I'd say he's not. It'd be borderline impossible. Yeah, unless it's like one of those things where it's like the tight end's just uncoverable, and you know. What about George Kittle? Do you think yeah. there's any scenario in which he could Absol- do it? Absolutely. Because, he again, get- I, 
he's the guy that catches three touchdowns on the goal line and Jimmy is, you know, 16 of 24 and three different running – two different running backs have 80 yards of pop. yeah. And Kittle just looks like he did in the Cardinals game. Yeah. Right? The Cardinals game? Yeah. Butker or Robbie Gold? Probably impossible for a kicker this day and age, especially in this game. This yeah, game is going to be 12 to 9. Yeah, this, this ain't a kicker game. <laughs> MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the number one. All right. Uh, contract extensions. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Cam Inman wrote about this uh, because he talked to Jed and asked him about whether or not it's too early for contract extensions. Cam Inman, the great Cam Inman. The pride of one of one of the prides of Cal, Cal Poly, Mount Rushmore, Middlecoff, Kruko, Cam Inman, Ozzy Smith. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is what Jed said. Uh, I want those guys here for a long time. If they want to do something, I'd be happy to do it. A six year contract signed in 2017. So three years after this, if you were Kyle, would you say you want to do it right now? Coming off. If you win the Super Bowl. Well, if you win the Super Bowl. I was, if you win the Super Bowl and beat Andy Reid, I was told from a reliable source, there were some kickers that Belichick's in the $15 million range. I actually think that that might even be a little low. Like, when you just factor incentives and shit, I think Belichick makes an astronomical amount of money. But remember when Gruden got paid, and it was like, Gruden's the highest paid coach in the league. Well, the top guys all have kickers that makes it so they can't be, Gruden wasn't going to overtake them. Andy Reid makes more than John. Andy Reid makes over ten million dollars a year. So let's just put that number at ten five. If Kyle Shanahan beats Andy Reid in the Super Bowl, well, you wouldn't sign an extension for less than ten point five million dollars a year, right? Or do you go if you're Kyle Shanahan, you win the Super Bowl or lose the Super Bowl, as long as it doesn't look like a disaster? You go well. My team's gonna be pretty good. Why don't I like? I still got three years on a contract. I'm, I have so much confidence in myself. We're going to be good the next couple of years. Really cash in a couple of years. When I'm highly viewed as like, I'm trying to think of the equivalent, like a young Pat Riley in my sport or whatever, right? Well. Because McVay signed a contract extension after last year. He kind of. Yeah. I mean. He, but he was also making, he wasn't making huge money. I think he was making like $4 million tell me something. a year. Is it only college where guys sign a new contract every year? Yes. So like if it's college, you sign. You, the, the if it's NFL college, you just money. sign it, and you know that next year, if you just do the same thing again, you'll get. You'll just have to get another extension. Because I think Kyle's already making like six and a half to seven million dollars. He's making a shit ton of money, and it's pretty clear Kyle's not like c- consumed with money. Right, right. But like if 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 he were Dabo with three years left on the deal, you would just sign a three year extension. It's back to six years, and you get a two or three million dollar raise, and then you go to the national championship again. They just add another year on that, and, and you get another raise, right? But you're saying yeah. with, in the NFL, it's like you get the deal. You, it's usually a couple years. So you think like if he were to win the Super Bowl this year, signs an extension, he wouldn't get another extension after another Super Bowl next year? Or is yeah, that's not that's just not the way the NFL. The NFL is a little more black and white so, because you because you can't take like who gets why does that happen in in football? Because there's a lot of pressure from boot. There's a lot of like outside pressure. Well, it's because like, other steals. Other schools steal you is why it happens. Other schools steal you 100%. But even once you get to Clemson or Alabama, boosters are just like kind of operating like fans slash signing the checks. Where in football, it's just one guy. They understand the value of money. It's not, it's a little reckless to operate. Like it's what's, 
is it reckless the way college f- football operates? Oh, oh yeah, bit, right. Um, so I would sign the extension. I think, even if it's not a ten million dollar, even if it's you know eight, because as good as we think he is, and you and I both think he's really good, things do just change fast, and all of a sudden, somebody gets hurt, and now you miss the playoffs, or you have the year the Rams had. And now there's only two years left on your deal. As opposed there's a, to... There's a little pressure if you as go As opposed eight, to eight, five. Yeah. <laughs> right. Five and whatever, 35 million or 40 million left on your contract. So I think I'd probably sign it. Well, I was going to go back. If I was Jed, I would have said that too. It's the right thing to say. Emotions are high. A little bit like... You'd been in a rocky relationship, and you just had the greatest year of your relationship of the three years, and it's just so great, and you just got back from Bora Bora, Hawaii, and you're like, I love this. I I mean, I'm so in love, and I get it. I don't know if I'm Jed, I do it. Not because I don't believe. I think it's incredible. Jed knows what he has because he's seen the rocky relationship with his previous girlfriends, but definitely like his best-looking girlfriend by a mile was Harbaugh, but it was also the worst relationship he'd ever been in. Because he'd probably tell you, like, yeah, the Tom Sula, you're sucked, but we like dealing with Jim, right? I, I think they would tell you that over True Serum. They'd be like, yeah, it was it was really embarrassing. We realized he was over his head, but we really liked him. Yeah. Harbaugh, we knew he was pretty good, but he was a pain in the ass. But if you remember, and someone alerted me to this last night, when it started going a little sour with Jim was after they lost the Super Bowl, and Jim wanted a contract extension, and they didn't give it to him. Now, right. I do think they're much more on the same page on this one, win or lose the Super Bowl. But you could argue you you did, Kyle, a huge – I guess you didn't do him a favor. He actually kind of like, I need a six-year deal. You've been that crazy of a guy in relationships. Like, we need some stability. Like, okay, I gave it to you. Let's just – part of this, and you and I have talked about – we were talking about this actually before the podcast. The Kansas City Chiefs – have been to the playoffs. Andy reads this is seventh year in Kansas City, which is pretty wild. Like, it's like, God, I mean, fuck, he's been there seven years. Made the playoffs six times. And I saw Brett Veach says, maybe it was Sammy Watkins said, but, oh, it was Veach. Veach was like, we signed Sammy Watkins for these moments. And then it's, and then in the, in like the text, he basically said, like, we had been going to the playoffs. Like, we weren't signing guys to get us into the playoffs. We'd already been making the playoffs. We needed extra pitches. Like, we needed extra oomph. And now we have this guy that you can say it was a hit or miss contract, but he has made some huge plays and big games for us. And he, we feel we feel great about the signing. People are like, you gave him $32 million over two years? Fucking feels great when he's making huge plays in the AFC Championship game. That's why we got this guy, to help balance all this shit out. And it hit me like, yeah, he's right. They've been making the playoffs. So Andy who has got a contract extension, I think last year or two years ago with Clark Hunt. That was before he ever won a Super Bowl. I think Clark Hunt realized, like, I just got a guy. I'm in the playoffs every year. That's wor- We always talk about it. That's worth its weight in gold for yeah. an owner in any right. sport. Definitely baseball or football. If you're just making the playoffs every year, like the Dodgers never win one, but they go to the playoffs every year for 10 straight years. Like, it sucks, but it's still it's incredible for business. <laughs> and do you kind of want to see, and again, we both agree – the Niners not making the play- like we can say this right now, guy. Not making the playoffs next year is a disaster. Correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, disaster after what? After they win the Super Bowl? 
I, I'm just saying, regardless of what happened in this game, like, like did the Rams make, feel like a disaster this year? I, you know, they, I don't feel like they were a disaster, but it wasn't. Yeah, but they had already made the playoffs a couple straight years. Like they had already no, done. Like the Niners right. are trying to make the playoffs back to back years. Yeah, but I'm again. I'm just saying, like NFC's good. Do you win the Super Bowl and then have the year the Rams had? I that scenario to me wouldn't feel like a disaster. I, I think not making the playoffs next year is a disaster. And when I say disaster, I don't mean like people are getting fired or anything. I'm just. But that's saying, what disasters like, are. Disasters are. It. You know what I mean? Like it's bad. But disasters yeah, uh, okay, are people okay, get fired. Okay, okay. Well, let's go. Not making the playoffs next year is really bad. Let's do that. You're right. Disaster people getting like heads. Yeah, because it'd be like, wait a second. We thought this guy was on the. Because what we'd be saying is what we say about Sean McVay, which is we thought he was the hottest next coach. We're not so sure anymore. Okay, you're right. Okay, let's compare it to the Rams this year. It wasn't a disaster, but it was bad. It was borderline. It makes really you bad. reconsider what you thought a little bit. Well, guy, it made him reconsider midseason. They traded two first round picks for Jalen Ramsey. If they had been eight and four. And they're like, we're going to the playoffs no matter what. Are they trading for Jalen Ramsey? They're not as desperate. Now there's the moving into the the arena or the fucking stadium, but I think it was more just they were desperate to make the playoffs again. It was all about making the playoffs. Right. And they realize all of a sudden, like, God, we might not be back in the playoffs. The Niners, part of having a $10 million coach, Sean Payton goes to the playoffs every year. Andy Reid goes to the playoffs every year. Pete Carroll goes to the playoffs every year. And I, I you and I are confident Kyle Shanahan is just going to go to the playoffs every year. Our business kind of dependent on them just keep doing this, which would be great. I'm not even rooting for. I don't. I don't need the Patriots, though. I'd like it. Those nine Super Bowls in the next 15 years. I could just take, just go, just be the Packers from 2009 to 2015. I, I, I sign me up for that. And we just don't know. And that's you feel good about it, and you go, well, this guy's got as good a chance as anybody. It's about doing it. Now, I'd say even different than Kyle and McVay is. One thing, McVay started getting a lot of shit on, like, God, where's all your other pitches, right? Kyle shows all these other pitches every week. He does, He's way more exotic than McVay. So that's where you feel good about it. But I get this all gets back to, I think I would just maybe wait a year if I'm Jed. Now, where it gets weird is if Kyle, if he wins Super Bowl, he wants to do it, you can't really say no. If he wins yeah. Super Bowl, you just do it. But that's, if, he do, if he doesn't, I think you can just be like, let's just see it next year, and then we'll make you the highest paid coach in the league. I don't um... – I think the history of the Harbaugh thing, my initial reaction when you asked the question before you even brought up Harbaugh was, your coach takes you to the Super Bowl three years in, right? If you would sign him to a five-year contract, then be no question that you're doing it this offseason. Um, your coach takes you to the Super Bowl when it's been as bad as it's been, nails the Bosa hire, makes you all this money, has not just the playoffs, but you get two home playoff games because he was the one seed. You don't have to offer an ex- offer him an extension but i it's i i i it would feel to me like if i were kyle and jed didn't reach out to talk extension i I, i'm offended might not be the word but i'd be a little surprised like i'd be like wait a second you do you not appreciate me and i and what i would hate is to have a good coach the only thing, if he's a good coach, that makes him not your coach, because this isn't you're not some group of five school, like he doesn't live for another job, is if something deteriorates in terms of a relation internal relationship. That's the only well, way it happens. You know the elephant in the room with the Harbaugh extension deal, right? Was and it, it came out, it's very public if you just Google it. There was some people internally, I think. They thought he didn't take Jed, John Harbaugh the the whole game thing. Yeah. I or did almost like he threw the game or his head. Yeah, I wasn't remember there. hearing that rumor. It was like what? Yeah, but I, I would say, looking back, 
it was a very weird spot for him. Probably even more than John. Like, his family does mean a lot to him. He's a... He's just this... I think he hates his opponent, and I don't think he was able to get in the right mindset. Like, I, I do think there's probably some validity to it. Not that he threw the game or anything, but it's just like, well, yeah, guy, it was weird for him. But it doesn't mean he tried any less hard. That's just not, that's not even going to be an option here. That, like, Kyle just, his respect for Andy. Like, it's, it's easy when you, it's a guy who was his fucking brother. Right. It was just a weird spot. Like, Jim would have paid, Jim would have cut a million dollar check to have it been the other team. Right, haven't been the Patriots or whoever the whoever the Ravens had played that year in the championship. It had to be the Patriots because they made it every year. But yeah, I just think that you are right. I also think though you take a step back and you just go, things change fast in this league, in just sports in general. It's just two years ago you're like, God, Kevin Durant's just in basketball heaven. Why are you just gonna right. be here? And then boom, he's well, just fucking gone. But I, I would argue, is it a safe bet that Kyle Shanahan's a really good football coach? Well, he is a good coach. Right. So, okay, I think then that's a safe bet if you're him, if you're Jed. And the other thing is the Niners are making money. He's got money. We've seen him pay coaches to go away. Yeah, to me it has nothing to do with the money. It just has to do with, like, it is somewhat – He's not. it's a unique one-year wonder because it hasn't really felt like that. Even when they were bad, it was clear. But it is just – it's just the one tangible year that he has to hang his hat on. Like, it's the – we had success. Where it's – and just – he just hasn't had the time, but five years in, as he made the as he made the playoffs three straight years, and then it's like, well, he made the playoffs three out of the five years, and really it was just those first two years yeah. before he got Jimmy. I, I Jimmy just, got hurt. I think extending Kyle would be like um, drafting Joe Burrow. It's one of those where if it somehow doesn't work, everyone go, yeah, we totally get why you did it. Yeah, to me, it's not. But no even one it's would an easier it. decision. Yeah, it's it's easy. I, I think you could look on both sides, like. If he doesn't win the Super Bowl, well, it's like, Kyle, you're not a Super Bowl winning coach, so the number's here, and Kyle will go, well, I'll just play it back a year. I'm going to sure. win the Super Bowl this year and Which get it. Like, I, 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 th- I, I do think you've got to come to him with an offer because it's your job to make w- sure win that or, this— win or, win or lose this game? Yeah. He just took you to the Super Bowl as the one seed. I'd ex- If they win this game, I'd expect it. Like, he just—he signs a five— you know, like a five-year extension on the three years for 10 a year. And you're just like, we got this guy for eight years. We feel we got the best coach in the in the in in America. That's how you'd feel. Right. right? You're you letting the Raiders outspend you for the coach? Well, I got to spend it on something if you ain't winning, right? Uh, that was mean. So, in terms of just getting back, you had a great stat about – Huh? Well, they they were on the Raiders. This is the the Niners have played every team in the AFC West in the Super Bowl. Someone tweeted at me. It's like, God, that's it's a good nugget. They played the Chargers in '94. They played the Broncos. One of those '80s years was it? They played Marino in '84, so it would have been '88 or '89. It would have been one of those. I think two Super Bowls with Seifert or Walsh and then Seifert. And then, obviously, they're playing the Chiefs now. And then the irony, too, is when we were growing up, the Seattle Seahawks before 2 was in the AFC West, and now that's their big rival. <laughs> it's like the Niners just – that's just like, fuck. You guys just can't. can't you, got a, you had another good nug somebody sent you about the AFC versus the NFC. And I think that, that whole thing applies. When we get into the conversation, like, one thing I was thinking about the game is I think Kyle is on an upward trajectory. I think we agree on that. Clearly, Mahomes the same. Um, and that's putting it mildly on both of them. Mahomes looks like he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But I do think both of them are going to be around good for a long time. 
one of them is going to have when you when we argue about why Pat Mahomes is so great in ten years. One of the things we'll say is, well, he beat Kyle Shanahan. He outscored Kyle Shanahan's offense in the Super Bowl, or vice versa. Kyle beat Ma- when when Mahomes is great and Kyle beat Mahomes. That's going to be a feather in his cap. Um, well, if Mahomes were to win the Super Bowl, guy, his first two years would be like if it all ended tomorrow, it'd be like a Terrell Davis two year run. Like, holy shit. MVP, Super Bowl champ, probably Super Bowl MVP. I mean, fuck, if you want to just write out, like, it would, it would have been one of the great two-year stretches for a young player in NFL history, right? Under a tw- under 25 player. They played quarterback. It'd probably be unprecedented, I'd, I'd imagine. Because even Favre was a little older. He had to sit the one year, then they yeah. traded for him. It took him a year or two. Like, he was like 26, 27, 28, right? He wasn't 23, 24. I mean, it just it'd be pretty nuts. But sorry, I cut you off on that. No, no, no. I, I, the, the point was just I think what I'm getting at is just uh, both of these both these organizations right now are pointed with the arrow up. But based on that kind of the stats on the NFC AFC and just the way we look at these two leagues right now, if we just played it based on the the leagues that the two of them are in, who's more likely to be back? Next year, the Niners are the chief. Mahomes or Kyle? I mean, Jimmy or – I mean, Mahomes the MVP, and the AFC is just weaker than the NFC. Well, are you, are you in agreement that – who are the Chiefs for the next three or four years big like that's – they're going to be right there with them. Patriots quarterback is going to be 43 years old. God love him. If he's, he's their the quarterback. Goat. If he's He might the be the Raiders quarterback. So you go, well, the, there's only one other decent team in the AFC East, and that's the Bills. And you go, well, they're pretty flawed. I mean, they're a good story, good team, tough team. Like, that's just a solid team in a conference. Leslie Frazier's go, defense, as somebody tweeted at me. Okay, then you go the AFC West. How are the Chiefs not going to win the AFC West for the next couple of years? Derek Carr's going to beat Mahomes? No. Drew Locke's going to beat Mahomes? No. Phillip Rivers might not even be on the team. Then you go, okay, what about the AFC North? Well, you go, Roethlisberger looked about 400 pounds by the end of the season. He's coming back off a torn whatever elbow, like Tommy John. And as Carson Palmer told me, when he retired, it was because the second time I tore my ACL and you're 36, you're like, rehab is double the length. You go into it like, I'm just going to attack this rehab, and then you realize, well, I'm way older now. My body doesn't respond. So Roethlisberger, it's, I'm going to attack this rehab, attack this rehab, it's just going to be a little more difficult than probably even he. Like, hey, it's going to be six to eight months. Well, it actually might be 10 to 12 months because you're old. Mm. And Roethlisberger is a weathered old. So you go, the Steelers, while they got the the blueprint and they got good players, we, their quarterback is a major question mark. The Ravens, they're going to be a factor. Mm-hmm. And they're good. I, I think the Ravens would be a legit team. They're a top five team in the league. The Browns I can't take seriously, and the Bengals suck. Then the AFC South, you go, well, the Colts, if they're a luck, Andrew Luck away, well, he ain't coming back. The The Jaguars are a joke. Uh, the the Texans are just a flawed good team. Like, I, I don't – they're just not – No. They don't – and they don't even have picks, guys, so no. And the Titans just have some question marks. I think that the Titans should be decent, but they're just one of those, like, 10 and 6 teams. Then you look at the NFC, you go – well, well Seattle, Seattle's going to get better. They're not going anywhere. Roseman, and they'll always just swing for the fences, and they got Wentz. What did the Cowboys just do? Upgraded their quarterback. And we've always said, like, oh, the Cowboys got a team. And then you Wait, go, what? Well, the, 
Uh, did I say quarterback? I meant coach. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I meant coach. Upgraded their coach. Which so might have upgraded their quarterback. Yeah, which might. But even if Dak just stays neutral, they should just be better, right? Because Dak wasn't, for the most part, wasn't really their problem. So you go, the, the Eagles and the Cowboys will be better. The Packers and the Vikings are already just solid. I'm just, like, it's just hard to win games in the NFC. Packers, Hell, you know, it does, we've talked about this in the last pod, but Packers aren't going away. Even, like, the sneaky Cardinals aren't just some shit. Like, they, they ain't the Bengals, right? What about the what about the NFC South? You go, well, the Saints probably bring Breeze back. They'll be good. You go, Atlanta more than likely won't start as slow. So, even if they're not a playoff team, they'll probably more likely than be, somehow they ended up 7-9, They'll end up nine and seven. If I had to bet, like over under seven and a half wins next year for the Falcons, I would take the over. I'd say like eight, nine, ten, somewhere mm-hmm. in that range. Mm-hmm. And you go, Carolina will stink, but Tampa, Tampa to me has like making the playoffs next year written all over him. Their coach is just proven. Like he's what he did this year with a guy that threw thirty plus picks to be seven and nine in the history of thirty plus picks, or I would say probably twenty five plus picks and over you're usually winning like four or five games. So they are, their coaching staff's good. He's proven he wins with that coaching staff, right? Like he won in Arizona with Todd Bowles. So I, I'd i be actually like, is Tampa a sleeper to win that division next year, depending on who their quarterback is? Do you feel better if they bring back Jameis or if no. they added Rivers? Because uh, Rivers wasn't that good either. Last no, year. I know. but And you're talking about guys that throw picks, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just is Jameis going to win a division? But I see the point is like the Niners. This is going to be like you just unless play all your teams. Unless he suddenly stops being thirty pick guy, but so we're in agreement. The NFC is just dramatically better than the AFC. Yeah. Well, what was the stat you had earlier? Which one about the NFC? What's West? That? Well, you sent me a whole thing. Well, they've been at four Super Bowls this decade. And they were the most winning. I mean, well, the Patriots skew it a little bit. The AFC East had, like, the most winning seasons. Now, a lot of times they were winning 13, 14 games. They've been to the Super Bowl countless times. So, it's it was a little skewed. The the AFC, the AFC NFC West had been to the most Super Bowls just this decade, right? The Seattle had been to two. The Niners had been to We're not even counting this Niner one. Niners had been to one. And the Rams had been to one. Mm-hmm. I just think if you look at the NFC West... Is there a division in the AFC that's as good as the NFC West? Well, from that, the twenty ten from the twenty ten twenty eleven season to this season, um, the NFC West has the most playoff wins of any division. And I think in that year, there was a stretch from like eleven to two thousand thirteen or fourteen. Their overall record was incredible because they had like three double digit win teams for like three straight years. And even the one year when the Niners, the disaster Harbaugh year, that went eight and eight, the Cardinals and Seattle were both like twelve and thirteen win teams. So if you go, God, that's pretty good. They 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 had a stretch there from eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, where they were sending multiple playoff teams every year. So they like you said, the most playoff wins because they were sending multiple teams who were both winning playoff games, and they were a factor. And then you kind of look now, you go, fuck, the last couple of years, now the Niners are good. You're right. I was too hard calling the Ram, you know the Rams a disaster. They weren't a disaster. They were just it just went bad because their standard got raised so high. Right. And they it was like, well, what was their record, John? Six and ten? No, it was nine and seven. Well, but but you would say that year again, have that year again and miss the playoffs, right? 
Well, anytime I think there's a, would you say a unique added pressure? I mean, Lakeup had it this year, but it went awry before it even started, so he kind of got a pass. When you move into the new building, like there was just this bubbling over with Jed when they moved into that building. Or do you even think like that because all the checks are... With Jed, it was all... And same with Lakeup. They had the money. Like, you read some of these reports, like, it's not quite that way with Kroenke. Even, obviously, we make fun of Spanos, but even, I think he struggled to sell PSLs. I'm going to get PSLs for the Rams? Are we sure? Because they're still like, the Rams? I know they had a couple good years, but... I would be... If I was an unlimited money guy, I would go, is this really worth it? Am I really going to go to a lot of games? Or will I just pay the game I want to go to if they are good? And I think there's a lot of... Yeah. I, I would imagine... It's L.A., you know? I mean, it's just, well, I'll go if it's cool, but if it's not, I'm not being tied to it. It's not the way they work. You're not the right. Lakers. And there's not the historic, uh, our yeah, family's yeah. had tickets for 30 years, and that's why I'm buying, spending more money than I sh- overextending myself on this. Yeah, it's not that I, I just ran into Sandy Koufax, and my dad's been telling me stories about him forever. Or, you know, we talk about, like, my, my dad is the guy that sold Magic Johnson his first movie theater. You know, it's just, it's the Rams. Weren't they gone forever? It's just a little different. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the NFC is going to be difficult for Kyle to get back. Part of that, I, mean, I think, is going to be it's just difficult Jimmy. No matter what, why didn't the Rams go back to right? Like, is Jimmy better? Is Jimmy Garoppolo a better quarterback next year than he was this year? He should be. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think he you're will either getting be, better but, or getting worse. So, but fuck, this is I part of is. this is part of what happens. You win, you get more expensive. It's harder. You you need your quarterback who's going to be expensive to separate you. But they, to me, they are lucky that he's under contract and the salary cap keeps going up at a relatively low price. Yeah, yeah. I'm, but I'm just saying, I'm making a golf comment. Like one of the reasons the ramp, like he did not take yeah. them to another level this year when they needed more out of him. But just think about this: it took Andy Reid. From 2004, 15 seasons to get back. 15. And he's been a good coach the whole time. The whole time. Same made guy. the playoffs. He made the playoffs all the time over that period of time. Now you could go, well, think of the teams he was, you know, fighting to get there, right? Just a couple of those Giants teams were really good that made runs. The Aaron Rodgers teams, the Niners teams. Then he gets the AFC. At first, it's Peyton Manning squad, the Patriots. He's just, he might tell you, fuck, I just had some bad luck. just. I'm like Phil Mickelson. I just keep running a tiger. It's not like I'm. It's not like the teams that are beating me. Like it's like Eli Manning. The guy ended up that he was in the division both those years. The guy ended up beating Brady both the times. You know, it's just in the one year. I guess the second year I was there, the Eli we didn't make the playoffs. The Cowboys did. It's just hard. It's just it's tough to make the Super Bowl guy. Enjoy it. Yeah. Well said, John. It's well said. Um, all right. Speaking of Brady, big UFC fight on Saturday night. Did you watch it? 40 seconds of it? Yeah, I watched on Periscope a little bit. Um, uh, Miles Garrett was there with his best friend, which was cool to see. Yeah, it was. The guy with the hat. Uh, that was pretty. You know what? I didn't realize the first few times I saw that where they were like, Miles Garrett was shown on the screen. But Baker Mayfield didn't get identified by the TV. It's like that's on the video board in the that's like on the jumbotron, right? Like what they're showing was on the jumbotron, and that makes it worse because then you look up and you realize. I think there was a moment where Baker realized like they're not showing me; they're just showing him because he kind of did this thing where he was pointing at him, 
right? Did you know? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Baker's pointing at him because I think Baker thinks that, and I don't blame come him. To him. Well, I think he thinks it's got the two of them side by side. It says Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett. So you're doing the, hey man, it's not about me, it's about that guy. But then yeah. it turns out it's actually not about you at all. It is about that guy. Yeah, they they introduce him number one overall pick, like Baker was too. But is that's a bad look for Baker. Not they did the, not I him think doing they the fucked point. up because Baker's more famous than Miles Garrett. Yeah, one hundred percent. So so somebody fucked up, but it doesn't. It was on the jumbotron, so everybody. It's not like only the people on TV know. It's everybody in the building realizes it's happening. Yeah. Well, it went Mark Davis, Tom Brady, Miles Garrett, I think. Like you, Mark Davis doesn't own the Raiders, so you're going to go to him. And then just Tom fucking Brady. You could argue probably just stop there. Not that Mark should be next to Brady, but it just Baker shows you how fast you fall in this country. And he deserves it. I mean, it's just, Baker, let's hit the gym, buddy. But uh, they didn't make a joke like Miles Garrett's in a fight. Like Miles Garrett, last I saw him, was <laughs> swinging a helmet. What's allowed at UFC? You can get a bare knuckle. (laughs) How about the photo of Brady and and Mark chatting? Mark kind of giving them the pitch, maybe? Well, I mean, they are one of the teams that are going to be interested. And I think this one comes pretty simple, guy. This is one of those pitches where there is no pitch. If Brady wants them, he chooses them. And the moment he calls Mayock and Gruden, if this plays itself out, he would just go, I'm in. And he would say, here's my price. And then Derek Carr would be done. It would just be that simple. There is no, like, we're trying to get Tom. It's just he either wants to come to you or he doesn't. So we were talking. I know you had thought, like, I don't know if you want Mark talking to him or whatever. Like, I don't think Mark is pitching him. I, I, I just know. Think- Look, we've talked to him. I, Mark, I, I would guess he Mark's likable. I wouldn't be shocked if Tom walked away with a good impression. If, well, you I don't see know if they've da- talked before. But. You see what Dana White said? He's like... You know, I, I bought a, I guess Dana White's a sweet holder at the new stadium. He's like, you know, t- sometimes you get some of these owners that are like big ego guy. He's like, Mark couldn't be any cooler. I think Dana's probably talking to him like, this guy owns an NFL team. He's nice as fuck. He doesn't act like, he just acts like a normal person. He's probably asking Dana like about his day. Like, what'd you eat for lunch? Just normal people talk. I bet Dana's like, what? This is crazy. And Dana was like, he's the most normal owner I've ever met. And he's met a lot of owners because you know why Brady was there? Is Fertitta... Are they separate for Titas or are they the brothers? I always uh, get that confused. You mean the is, is, the, is the Rockets owner the brother or the cousin of the... But they're related, right? The guy yeah, that's owned yeah. the UFC and the yeah. Fertitta Houston, but they are yeah. not the same people. They're not brothers, but they are related. Brady was a guest of the Fertitas. He must be friends with them. So Dana, because da- he was backstage with Dana and like Fertitta's people... Mm-hmm. And then he sat, you know, in a really good seat. I, I would imagine Mark Davis might have been too. They were probably in the same circle. Maybe Mark just showed. I don't know exactly how it worked out. And that's why I think when they showed them talking, that they might have been sitting close to one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because then it went. Someone in Vegas said like there so might be Tillman a little bus. Tillman Fertitta is the third cousin of Lorenzo and Frank, who bought who, the who were the owners of the UFC. Yeah. Oh, they had sold the UFC. Yeah. Yeah, but they clearly still a big part of it. I think they are Vegas guys, right? And they were just, they had invited Brady. But if you're Mark Davis, to me, I mean, Mark's not an idiot. You would cut Derek Carr so fucking fast for Tom Brady in your new stadium, you, your head would spin, right? If you would do whatever Well, yeah, you I mean, we'll, this, we'll have plenty of off-season talk about this, but it might not even take Tom Brady, but yeah. But I'm just saying, like, if if it comes out, 
there's a disconnect between Brady and Belichick. And Kraft told Tom, like, it's it's going to be, like, Kraft could just be like, listen, Tom, I'm going to, this is on Bill. Like, Bill, I'm just going to, this is his choice. I, I'm i going to let him do this. And Bill, and then there's just like, uh, what's his agent's name? Don Yee goes, there is a big disconnecting gap. So all of a sudden, Brady, it gets personal because it's not going to be about the money, even though it technically is about the money, but it's not really. And Brady's going to go, fuck this. I'll go pit myself out. Well, the, the Raiders would have a godfather. Like, we'll give you 280 fully guaranteed. And he goes, well, you can just, here, Bill, will you match it? And Bill goes, no. That, to me, is the scenario in which he ends up with the Vegas Raiders or the Chargers, but I don't see the Chargers right, paying right. that much money. And I think with the Vegas Raiders, it makes a lot of sense. Just because the Vegas fucking Raiders have Tom Brady. Now, it could easily be a shitty situation. Like, it may be like, we'll laugh at it in 10 years. But it's a no-brainer decision for Gruden, for Mayock, for Mark to cut the check. It's the easiest decision they'd ever make. Like, it does it get any easier, guy? No. So, and Derek would be shit out of luck with his house. But you know he he'd be and he'd be a starter somewhere else next year, so it's not like he'd be out of the league or anything. But it'd be his it'd be no longer his team. It's just really that simple. Does Tom want to come? And I do think there is a path where the Raiders become kind of interesting from a financial standpoint. Now, from a personnel standpoint, they're very dependent on rookies last year. They're going to be even more dependent this year. They'll probably draft a couple receivers high. That ain't really Tom's jig, right? He likes. I mean, he likes older players. He just does. He's, his history, same with Gruden. So maybe you'd go, well, we get, Tom, we get Tom. Maybe they're more likely than to trade one of those players for like a Beckham. Maybe they, I guess you wouldn't resign Antonio. But I would say everything would be on the table for that. I think it's, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't think it's an impossibility. I, I don't either, by no means. Because I, I do think that Belichick's ready to move on. I feel pretty confident with that. I think he would like to move on. Just start anew. So that's how football coaches think with super old players. And he's Usually, though, they're kind of looking for the next thing first, though. Which well, he, he does, did. I mean, he was right. And he's looking. Yeah. Guy, he sent Jimmy a text after all five of those wins at the end of 17. Sent him a fucking congrats text. Bill Belichick. That's, that's insanity. Albert Breer was telling Colin, like, the story today. It was that once he realized it was over, he sent Kyle Shanahan a text at, like, 5.15 in the morning West Coast time that just said, call me when you get into the office. So, And Kyle had been, you know, it was up super early, was driving to the office, called him at, like, 5.30 in the morning, 8.30 Belichick's time. And Belichick, the words from Belichick were, I'll give you Jimmy Garoppolo. There is no negotiation. It's a second-round pick. Take it or leave it. You got three hours or, you know, whatever. And Kyle, like, almost dropped the phone because I think at the combine, he had broached it with Belichick, and Belichick said, no, we're not even talking about it because Belichick likes him. And I just shot – I don't know how he did it, but he just shot him down. Like, nah, we're not doing that. We're not. It's not even an option. So then when it came back up, I think it floored him. And the only thing – and then Breer said, and we've talked about this before, the thing Kyle was nervous about, he's like, well, he's a free agent. You know, he's like, what, does this make sense? Like, this is kind of crazy. And John's like, and Parag's like, yeah, this is a fucking franchise tag. We're, we control. This ain't, this isn't the National Basketball Association. We're, these guys, we, we dictate the terms here. 
And then obviously they never look back. But it was that's why the Niners owe Belichick thank you cards forever. Well, and if you're though, Bill, they, but it did make sense, right? They were bad, so their second round pick was valuable. One hundred percent, and it was. They, and he was getting he was sending him to guy. They he, were one and ten at the time. It was a com- It was a great combo. It was out of the conference, other side of the country. A coach that he respects and likes. And then, and then also that, yeah. Because that's what Albert said. He wanted he, he a guy he like was smitten for Jimmy. That's why he sent the, the yeah. But I mean, text. I just mean like he was he doing it because he was doing Kyle a favor, or was it more? I just don't want to do this for somebody I don't like. I think it was a combination of all the variables. Yeah. Second round pick was going to be really good. Would the Niners have traded at one and eight their first round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo? Probably not. I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. If they would have, if they there was a chance of it, that's what he would have asked for. Yeah. Well, I like it when he get, when it's a guy goes. These are the terms. Take it or leave it. It doesn't happen that often. No, but you have to have like the thing that no one thinks you would be willing to sell. That's when you're selling like a you know. It's like here I'm well, selling. The, this but the other thing that Breer was saying that like they had all these offers, like the Browns that offseason had been offering in them like two seconds and a third. Like that, that's why people are like, what the hell? We would have given you more. And Bill's like, it wasn't about the money. <laughs> that's what makes Bill so crazy special. It's like Jesus, this guy's a nut. Now, I was thinking about this last night. If the Patriots won the Super Bowl last year, so it worked out for them. They won the Super Bowl, and Tom got in a better mindset, right? He kind of wanted Jimmy gone. Well, if the Niners win the Super Bowl, is that like one of the great win-win trades of all time? Super Bowl, Super Bowl, based on, you know, with the trades? Like, the Niners are not here without Jimmy. Like, they didn't have Is it really? What's the win for the Patriots? Well, they just kept Brady for a couple more years. Yeah, winning. but I mean, like, you could, it didn't sink gonna, them, I guess, but. Did they use their second round pick on like Sony Michelle or something? Yeah, I think they had like traded it back and like it was. It you know what I mean? Like, like, did they get like I don't? Yeah, it wasn't like uh, they got. It's just a know. win for the Niners, I think. You don't think it's a win for the Patriots? No, they didn't. They didn't win the Super Bowl, guy. Yeah, but that had done nothing with the trade. Yeah, but it it did with Tom. Uh, it kept Tom like Tom might have left or something. Like it was. Yeah, but weird. they but but. So you're just saying just getting rid of Jimmy was a win for them? Yes, they had to do it for Tom. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I, they, I understand your logic, and I don't have quite the right answer for you, but I think more it's of a win, a win for the for Niners for sure. I but it's not to me. It's I don't. I think the, the trade like is don't lose. But, but you're basically saying cutting Jimmy would have been a trade then. I mean, a win for the the Patriots. No, because cutting a guy when you get nothing back in return is a loss for anyone. But I don't. What did they get? Like, what did they get out of it? You're saying they, they just got, got Tom happy. So I'm pick. just saying yeah, dropping, yeah. you know, cutting Garoppolo would have kept Tom happy. Yeah, but you don't. Bills wasn't going to not dump. Well, look, you know? when you win a Super Bowl, you don't lose. So I'm not saying they lost. But if Jimmy's the franchise quarterback for the next decade and they are searching for quarterbacks for the next decade, then they didn't win it either. But Bill would say, I wasn't allowed to. My fucking yeah, hands well, were no tied. doubt. Yeah, but like the, I, yeah, blame, I'm not blaming blame that him. Blame the guy at Orchids Asia getting an HJ. I'm just saying. I, I, when, when John asked for Tom, I, I would have given him Tom, but the old man wouldn't let me. Well, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying it's not a win for the Patriots. Want to do a couple headlines? Yeah, I got some for you. You got some? What you got? Uh, you go. You were fired up on one. I don't want to start with that one, though. Uh, okay, well, uh, the NFL draft is oh, doing is one. Yeah. putting their stage on the Bellagio water 
and they are going to take the green room must be on the side. One of the things I read before I saw the picture is the NFL wants to shut down the strip during the draft all three days. Now, Thursday night, it's not as crazy. That would only be like three and a half hours, right? Saturday would be a long time, and I think they're still negotiating it. But they're, and I, it kind of makes sense now. I was like, why do they even need to do that? Security, Aren't they like right? inside? The, they're doing the thing live from the water. The stage is going to be on the water where the, you know, if you've ever been to Vegas, I would imagine most people listening have where the fucking things shoot. They are going to bring the players, like now selected to the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow. He's going to come on a boat to the stage and get dropped off. That's. I think it's just an incredible, incredible yeah, extravaganza. It is. That, that It's going to be the highest rated first round of the draft in the history of the draft, don't you think? Just the look of that. That's the look insane. at it, plus you've got these superstar guys. You've got multiple superstar quarterbacks, right, that Tua, played at places yeah. that everybody knows. Two and Burrow. I think even plus if it Chase wasn't young, you got all the Ohio State fans. I think even if – and that they have a corner that's going to go in the top five or six – even if it wasn't like quarterback centric, I think the water would take the viewership to a pretty high level because it's going to be talked about a lot, don't you think? They're bringing guys out on a boat. Yeah, that's. It's, did they jump the shark a, a little bit? Or I, I think it's awesome. Well, you can't. I don't think they can really jump the shark if they feel like they, it's just something they'll have to top next time. But no, they don't. There's no. There's no too much of a spectacle for the NFL because the appetite is just. It's gonna the be NFL awesome. is like a chef that can put poop on a plate, but they're such a famous chef. People are like, oh, I've never seen anyone do poop like this. Yeah. I guess the NFL. <laughs> like, oh, sure, yeah, boat. Why not? Yeah, why don't we put all their nice. lives at risk and drop them out of planes? If you had to go here on January twenty first, how about anyone, you parachute every guy in? Does anyone end the up plane in the just water? Circling does, a, above? does anyone end up in the water? One thousand percent, yes. Yeah, on purpose. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. Someone's gonna belly flop. Yeah, it's inevitable. What did you say? Tua should do what? A flying squirrel. Flying squirrel. <laughs> Could you, you ever do flying squirrels on a diving board? You grab both ankles and you pull them back and you just hit, go head first in the water. This is my go-to dive. I don't know if I'm flexible enough for the flying squirrel, but... I don't think I could do it anymore. I mean, one they're other, definitely going to have... One of the picks will be delivered by scuba swimmer, right? Someone will pop out of the water. It'll be like, uh, this pick brought to you by the Navy SEAL Recruitment Center. And here comes one of the frogs right now. Or it'll be like the Colts' second-round pick. All of a sudden, Pat McAfee comes out of the water. <laughs> You're right. McAfee has, McAfee's jumped in the water already this year yeah, on game I, day. I, I will be shell-shocked if McAfee and the water don't make a cameo. Some combination call. of the two. Right, I could see cool. Drew Pearson throwing someone in the water out of anger. I think Drew's not going to do it this year, <laughs> is my guess. Yeah, probably not. I'm guessing Drew doesn't show. Did you see the the onside kick rule that they're going to try at the Pro Bowl? No. They've been thinking about doing this. I think we've talked about this in the past. That the onside kick, they're trying to get rid of the onside kick. And the new onside kick would be that if you're down multiple scores, instead of going an onside kick, you can place the ball at the 25 and you get like a fourth and 15. Your own 25, yeah. Your own 25, and if you complete it, you get to keep the ball. I, the Pro Bowl, I don't even know. Like guys aren't even trying. It's more you can try. It's got, it, yeah, you, it's going to go seven for ten. In the to Pro me, Bowl. where you try it would be the preseason, and then you could even argue. Well, it's fucking insurance salesmen out there at the end of the fourth. No, quarter, you have so the XFL do it. Is what you do. Well, they are doing it. I yeah. think. Oh, they are. I think the, yeah, I think the XFL is 
That's why I think the NFL is working with the XFL to institute some just random shit to see how it kind of looks. Well, that was the idea with the AAF, too. Do you hate it? Well, it just turns out the AAF had been one of those where they thought a check was coming and then it wasn't coming, and then it's just all of a sudden Yeah, we've all been there. Yes, yes, we, <laughs> yes you, we have. If you read the news. Um, I, uh, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. I do think the onside kick's kind of stupid now. Like, it's just, it's a little bit like... What makes it stupid thing. now? Well, Belichick's thing with the extra point, he's like, what's the fucking point of this? It's 99.9% they're hitting it. So I think 98% of onside kicks don't even come close, guy. It, it's just never going to well, happen. Well, remember, remember Bill, I just happened to, Bill, Bill tried one in the Super Bowl, by the way, against the Falcons, um, and his kicker started blocking early. But it was there to be had. And then the Falcons recovered it anyway. But I'm okay with that. I To me... Well, you shouldn't be able to come back when you're losing by 20 Yeah, you, it so. should be – if you're going to take a shortcut, it should be really hard for it to work. So I'm okay with that. Like, I don't – I just want to – I need to see it with my own eyes in a football situation to even see what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't be opposed to, like, trying it out in the preseason or something. Now, again, the preseason is just by the time that situation, right, those guys are just out of the game. So that's something to keep an eye on. How about uh, – Philip Rivers moved the uh, moved moved his uh, military base to, from uh, San Diego to Florida. I mean, that's got a, the ta- California just took a serious tax hit with all the uh, rivers leaving the state. Uh, big time. Well, I mean, Philip Rivers has been a big uh, taxpayer this last decade plus. Surprised he hasn't. I'm, I'm shocked with all those kids. He didn't move to Florida a lot sooner, man. Here's the other thing I think if you're do you, him, do you believe him when he's like, I was just trying to be close to my family? Yeah, because he's got all these kids. I think if you're him, you're at the end of your career. If you're going to keep playing, you do probably require more effort to get yourself ready to play than ever before. He was already doing the thing where he bust from San Diego to L.A. in the Mercedes bus, whatever, watching film. So just stabilize them. Stabilize them, and it's not like you're around as much anyway. And you, like, if you got to be all in. You just, I'll do. I'm not going to call children distractions, but he's got like nine. Like, how do you yeah. lock in? Well, that's where I think he can now go. He's got them in like Florida. road games. If you're uh, if you're an athlete that plays sports, where like road games are a week on the road, like that's when you get your sleep. You talk to guys, right? I, here's my recommendation to Philip. If I was sitting with him and I was his agent, I would say this, Philip. Now that you don't really have any ties to this area, besides this is where you played and the way they've kind of strung you out in this last year, you look at Dean Spanos, and if he doesn't meet what you want, you go public with it. You go listen. Give me a multi. I'm not going to play on the franchise tag. Give me a multi-year deal, or just let me go, or franchise and trade me to where we want to go. Right. Let's right. work together. And if he goes, no, we'll do what we want to do. I'm going to go public, and I'm going to demand a trade. I don't. I'm not going to. And I can make this ugly for everybody. And I don't want to do that. But I think he now. I. You're right. You're dead on. I didn't even thought about it like that. I think he's freed himself up to be more, kind of like a 25 year old. You know, it's like I can. I can live wherever I want. And you, you really can. Well, Rivers never really been like that. And now I think he kind of can. Like, if you said Rivers is the quarterback at the Colts, I'd believe you. The Titans, I'd believe you. The fucking, you just go around the league. Like, you can see him in a lot of different places now. And it's just, you know, I feel good. My family's in a place. My bye week, I get back whenever I can. We do a lot of FaceTiming. But th- th- we kind of knew the deal. We just wanted to get that stabilized base. I'm only going to play for a couple more years. I hope the Spanos is doing right. But they're just such fucking... I mean, I've met John before, but the dad is just... I have a hard time thinking that they'll just make this easy on Rivers, right? 
Uh, yeah. Feels like they'll franchise and they'll try to figure it out, and then all of a sudden they realize like Herbert's their guy, and then maybe well, yeah, they trade they, Rivers during. Yeah, I mean they got the seventh pick. I think Herbert should fit right in that wheelhouse. Although I saw Daniel Jeremiah mocked Herbert to the Bucks today. Would you, if you were the answer the question you asked earlier, if you were Arians, would you take Rivers or Jameis? Uh, I actually just keep working with Jameis. You unless would? unless I know that like it's not fixable. Because Jameis, to me, is a more explosive player right now. His high end offensively is higher. Because yeah. there's a chance. I think we saw flashes that Rivers is washed. That, that'd be my one concern. Like, Rivers is washed. He's top five in the league. In, wasn't he, like, second in the league in yards this year? Yeah, what does that even mean, though? Well, I, would you, I don't know. Does it mean... Well, Jameis not, was, it, Jameis was one. <laughs> yeah, Jameis threw, like, 7,500 yards, guy. Right. Yeah, but the point's not... Compa- I'm not comparing... I'm just saying, like, if you're going to be top five in the league, can you be washed up and be in top five? And Also, I don't like that washed eliminates the word up. Like, it's washed up. But a Twitter loves it being washed. You love I, washed. I like washed. <laughs> but I don't think he's washed. I just think he's... Not he's the high... Tre- I understand. He's trending the, the wrong... He's trending the wrong way. Which is normal. It's not like, well, John, you might get... And and I also think, like, would you be shocked if Rivers has one more bounce-back season in him? Like, if I said he was... If he ends up the the starting quarterback for the Titans or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I could see him having a really good season. Couldn't you? But I could also just see it be a repeat of last year. He can't move, which is a problem. I mean, he can't move at all. And I think... Like any old dog that used to be able to run fast, he still thinks he's fast. Not from a runner standpoint. I just mean like his mindset as a player. It's hard. It's hard. It's impossible, actually. You just, when you're washed up. <laughs> no, just, stick with what you want. Don't let me. It, it just throws you off. <laughs> uh, all right, last one I had, John, headline. Nolan Arenado, baseball season. Very NBA-level topic. Nolan Arenado signed an eight-year, $260 million extension with the Rockies. Now he's offended because they shopped him but then didn't trade him. And he's, he's, he's hurt. He's, he said it. I'm hurt publicly. I, I don't like the way this has gone. Um, you know, Nolan's just a competitor, John. Look, dude, I know the Rockies had just won 90 games, had been to the playoffs back-to-back years, I think, when he signed the extension. But they're not historically any good. This GM, it's not like it's a new GM, right? It's not like some guy – came in signed you the owner signed you the owner promised you one thing the new gm's not doing it this guy's been the gm for five years and he traded tulowitzki after right after he told tulowitzki he wasn't going to trade him without telling him ahead of time like i don't i think tulowitzki was blindsided by it which whatever i'm not offended for the player but you signed a 260 million dollar extension with a guy that you know tulowitzki was also on one of those sweet deals too that's right so you want to get traded? Fine. But let's not act like you did two six you signed two sixty. Two hundred and sixty million dollars. Eight years. Top five player in baseball guy. Great player. Great player. But I just how do you get blindsided by somebody unless for five years they've been your best friend? But you just saw the guy do the same thing to Tulowitzki. So when you signed up, you took the money. You okay. took the money. I I'm gonna play counter here. Okay. Tulowitzki was washed up. Okay. Yeah. Remember, he had a bunch of injuries. Was no way, he wasn't Troy Tulowitzki of sweet Troy Tulowitzki. It was over. Nolan Arenado, mm-hmm. best player, you could argue, in the NL. If Trout, am I missing someone? Not Bryce. Tuesday? Yeah, not Bryce. I mean, he's top, you, I said not top Nastro. five. Might be top three or four. Might be the best. I mean, it could be one. Yeah, okay. So let's say, and you go, you've been told everything. Tr- to me, Tulowitzki, when they traded him, like, I'm sorry. 
Tula Witsky was fucking on and off the disabled list oh, or the whatever. No list. doubt, like, but it's not about. But but the thing he's offended about was what Tulowitzki was offended about was just community. Like I was told one thing, and you're not communicating with me as a franchise. Because so, he basically said like there are bad guys, right? He thinks this guy's a bad guy. Well, I don't know if he thinks he's a bad guy, but he he's deeply offended. By and him, he, you think it's him specifically, the general manager, even having these. Talks. Maybe the owner too. Yeah, you're right. There is an element of when you sign a big deal in sports. Part of that is this is fucking sports. You might get traded. Remember last year, the one that pissed me off, and to me, he's a uh, Arenado's a much better player than this guy. Remember DeRozan when he was traded from the Raptors? Like I was hurt. The loyalty. Like fucking Demar. You got 150 million dollars. This is the this is fucking the NBA. You got traded. Stack the fuck up. You know, no one feels bad for you in this society. Twitter doesn't count. It does not count. No one feels bad. This is people get traded, and you were losing. It'd be one thing if like the Warriors traded Draymond right now. Be like, well, they he'd help them win three. It'd be fucked up. Demar, it ain't fucked up. You guys were a laughing stock in big games. Baseball is a little different because it's hard to like put it all on one guy because you'd go, well, if we had more Arenados, we'd be the best. It ain't his fault. No. Where you go, DeRozan, it kind of was your fault, buddy. I don't want to hear shit from you. But I also, I don't, I get why DeRozan would be, aff- like, maybe offended is not the right word, but just upset. Like, it's just, it's just, that'd be a human reaction. I think we'd probably all feel that way. But right? his was more like, I got, it's like, DeMar, you got traded for Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> you know? So like I, yeah, it was also tough to watch because then they went off and won the title. But he, but again, he was mad way before no, it was ever happened. I, I don't. I, I'm not I, even saying Arenado's wrong, John. He might be right. I, I will side with a player over shitty management. I'll just side with a person, a person listening to this, over a bad boss. But I'm just saying when you sign for 260 million dollars, you Jesus take the wheel. Like this is out of your hands now. You could have become a free agent and chose not to be. You signed up with the Colorado Rockies. I, I do think whenever the Colorado though, Rockies, John, I not know, the Yankees, but they had the been Colorado winning. Rockies. They signed other good players. You thought they were going to be better. They I haven't. Think they haven't too, signed one player this offseason. When it happens to, well, I mean, part of that is they paid him all this money. <laughs> that you just you're a little naive to it happen to you personally, even when you see it happen to a whiskey. You yeah, just and you probably think, yeah, I just signed for eight years. I'm here for life. Okay. I, and by the way, I love Arenado. I take him on my team. Any day of the week, I think there's probably nine different ways the Giants could get him, John, or the A's could get him. So, really, I'd say both of them should make some pack, put some packages together. Uh, yeah, I, I got news for you: the A's are not taking him. They don't need him, John. They got Matt Chapman, and the Giants couldn't trade their entire 25 man, add the other 15 for the 40 man, and then seven prospects for him. They'd get hung up on, including uh, Kapler. And the biggest disappointment to me this offseason is that Gabe was not involved with the cheating. I hope that <laughs> I hope that Arenado gets traded just because I don't watch the Rockies. I hope he gets traded somewhere that I watch their team play. Did you see the thing Cespedes tweeted of him running gassers? And it looked like, God, he's kind of straight. Like, his ankles might not be the same. That was just a light jog. It wasn't like he was sprinting. But didn't he get his – what did he get his ankles broken? On a four-wheeler or something? Falling yeah, off right. a ladder? Tilling. Tilling? Yeah, something weird. So, it's just we'll – No, I have not seen that video. Yeah, it's just it's just him running. And he just tweeted, like, what's the Mets hashtag? Let's fucking go Mets. L-F-G-M-M. Oh, really? Yeah. LF, let's fucking go Mets. Yeah. L-F-G-M. So it's just basically Brady's L-F-G. You just add the M for Mets. Even though it's, everyone's been making fun of the Mets. Only the Mets. They're like the Browns of, of baseball. They had nothing to do with the cheating scandal. 
absolutely nothing. But they happened to hire Carlos Beltran, so they had to fire their manager. Even though, like, the Red Sox are like, well, the Red Sox might have been doing some shady shit, too. They probably did cheat. The Mets were not cheating. They were bad. Yet, they got pulled into it and then had to, now are managerless. And now are kind of like a controversy in, in New York. Because I saw that, like, Joe and Evan, the dudes on WFAN, when Brody did, after they fired him, the next day does a conference call. They call in together. Joe and Evan. And it's like, how did you not know? And they're like doing the dates and Brody's getting defensive and then they cut him off. It's just like, God, this, I, I do feel bad a little bit for the Mets. I don't think they, they clearly didn't know that it was going to be this intense or whatever. Yeah. Just a classic, like when you're the Mets or the Browns or whoever that franchise, I, I don't even know if there is one right now in basketball. The Kings a little bit. It just always seems to happen to you. You're like, fuck, we didn't even do it. And then I read that the Mets don't want to, they, you know, they're gonna get, they're getting sold. A minority owner is gonna take ownership of the team. By for he's paying a lot of money, right? And even though the Will Ponds will get to like still pretend to be in charge for the next, he's taking like eighty percent of the team. Yeah, so it's I, I be thought a huge that I, I thought this one of those that they've kind of like they act like the Will Ponds do, but the Cohen guy is gonna have a huge. Is it Cohen? Is that the guy's name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but the Will Ponds are gonna like for the, each of them for the next five years gets to re- maintain their role as like whatever president or whatever the hell they have. It's, yeah, but I would imagine after like a year, people would be like, "Hey, where's anybody seen the Wilpons? Oh yeah, they just no, I haven't seen them." Yeah. Um. But one of the things that I read was that 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 they think internally, Cohen's watching the this high, he's evaluating everybody now in the second hiring process, and it would look bad for them if they don't hire their next manager from the group of people that was in their original pool. Because he'd be like, "Then your original pool sucked. You guys didn't even do it right the first time." If you hire somebody who wasn't yeah, like, like why wouldn't Dusty you just hire Dusty. the guy that came in second? Right, exactly. Right, it's a no-brainer. Unless the number two guy was like the Astros guy, right? Espadas was he was, but now he's is he the interim for the Houston or they don't have one? Well, I don't. I thought I thought he was, but then I saw people talking about how they could hire like somebody what, else. So really Dusty quick before we get out of here, what would be Dusty. worse? What would be worse? You work your whole life. You know, you make hundred. Let's say you start making. You know, you get to like fifty. You're making a good living, hundred grand a year. You give Bernie Madoff your whole lifetime retirement, but mm-hmm. it's it's just a modest retirement. You can just live. You probably have to move to Florida, or and that and it's like fifty five when the Bernie Madoff goes under, or you hit it huge. Hey, Middlecoff, we develop something. We both become worth a billion each. We give all our money to the equivalent of Bernie Madoff. We're rich, and it's going to be impossible forever us to ever it's just human nature we can't come up with another idea that's going to generate us that much right it's just that was our big shot and we nailed it we got fat and lazy afterwards which is fine but, but it wasn't even that let's say we try other stuff we made a little money here and there but we all just bernie madoff had our 95 percent chunk of money all gone wouldn't you say that feeling's worse than the guy because you could always like well i'm smart i can get another job even if i'm a modest guy it sucks i have to work when i'm old i think that feeling of being like a will pond and having all this money be just being gone now, they both suck, but I, I can't imagine that feeling. But at least, like, the Wilpons are selling the Mets. Yeah, like, they, they, I'm saying They're that still that, rich as shit. Yeah, yeah, if that was your only money. Not the equivalent of, like, the Wilpons that still have something. I'm saying that, that he so had... So trading places, so trading places, Ackroyd from trading places, basically. Yeah. Times or does 10. it suck? You get to 60 years old, you've worked a shitty job your whole life, and you're like, I, fuck, I just wanted to make it to retirement, and now I can't even do that. Because if you're that person, I think you... If you're the billionaire who loses everything... In that way, where it gets you get robbed, you at least have access to you know you haven't 
felt your whole life maybe like you don't have the access to you, your voice has been heard in your life yeah. right if you're somebody whose voice hasn't been heard and then you get stomped on like this and then there's no recourse like how do you even begin to get recourse well as as you and I and many people have told me this before I even got in the situation you can't sue anyone that doesn't have money if there's if there's zero in the account, even if they quote well, they had five billion dollars. Well, if they've spent it all, you may go after their assets, but then get in line in a bankruptcy court because you just you can sue. Like my brothers had a baby. Well, you have to sign eight million things because I was like, well, if you get a C-section, this goes wrong. So no matter what, you can't sue anyone. And if you mm. don't sign the papers, they will not do the service. Mm. So it just life lesson: you can't sue someone that doesn't have money. Or that has the proper paperwork, or that has the proper paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> but even but in those, Cal- I always feel like those people you can you can yeah still. In, in in California you can. Like I just got a letter that said like uh, an amendment to a lease. If uh, if I sue the uh, landlord, I can't recover legal fees. And I'm like, yeah, I, I <laughs> okay. <laughs> if they do something bad enough that I'm requesting legal fees. I'm just feeling like in this state, I probably got the upper hand if it came to if push came to shove. In that guy, you're guy. If you really wanted to get aggressive and you were just a crazy schemer, by the end of 2020, you might be able to own your building without putting just any fall money down, down the stairs. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how to figure it out, but it's yeah. just I, I wouldn't even say that. I'm just saying like find some mold. I don't know. Just you find could. some mold. Yeah, yeah, something. I re I see headlines about it all the time. Right. Right. Fall, fall through the trash trash chute and then say... Like a dude... Someone told me a story about a dude that was like robbing a restaurant off hours, took a bite of something that was raw, got sick. Come on. So, yeah. Maybe I was dreaming that, but it's like... It's, it was, that sounds like the liar, liar. It was believable. Set up. It was believable. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been a dream. Could have been a dream. Yeah, there probably is some law. Like if you're a restaurant and you throw food out, it can't be food that you know. Like you can't throw your lettuce... That has E. coli into the dumpster. Yeah. You have to burn it. I know. Because that's not just where they poop. It's where they find their food. All right. On that note. See ya. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours. The energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.